Oh what got his ass now? You have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. Kyle, you're looking fairly sunburnt, pal. There we go. Oh, boys, honestly, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a working man now, so I work in the sunshine, don't I? All day, every day. Um, working on the farm yeah, or so what? Like, pretty much, yeah. No, I work with the CNK boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the Clark and Ken. Yeah. On the CNK, so yeah, I'm either, you know, pushing a whacker plate, raking dust, raking tarmac, doing, you know, doing all that stuff, so... So yeah, working man no, now, just much. like you said, working man. Yeah, working man. Like, it's, it's a shock to the system, boys. I genuinely like, I don't wish it on any of you. <laughs> I mean, like, to, I mean, Tory's kind of working, but like, I mean, I'm not sure how much he's working, but let me just two seconds because the dog's bloody going nuts. Yeah, yeah, I'm working, but like when you're coaching, it's like you're still involved in the sport, so it still doesn't feel like working when I mean, you're working. It probably still doesn't feel like you actually in, in, like yeah, switch. Hey? Yeah, yeah. So like it's it is work for sure, but then it. I mean, because I, I love doing it, I'm still at the track, so it doesn't really it doesn't feel like work, which is obviously the goal. Yeah, so that that is the goal. That is that's the goal to have a job where it doesn't feel like work. That's the ideal yeah. situation. If you're enjoying your job and then you're involved in, it, then it's that's what we're all looking for at the end of the day. Making some money doing what we enjoy. Exactly, Kyle. Kyle, what the fuck are you doing, Kyle? Yeah, sorry, I just said I'm just sawing <laughs> the dog out. So uh, yeah. <laughs> What kind of what kind of dog do you have? Now he's drinking milk or something. What are you drinking? Beer? It's, it's no, like the beer. dog just the dog just knocked my beer over. <laughs> <laughs> this show what is a great start. As, smooth, as smoothly as it was. I was gonna say, what a great, yeah, great a, start. I mean, I mean, I've been me? work I've been working all day. All I wanted was my fucking beer, my pizza. And then just like chill out for a bit and talk to some guys that I've known for a very long time. And right now, it's not going to plan. Like, fuck this shit. Let's you, just cancel you it. Are we'll just, call it another week. You are just full regular dude. I'm just going to go to work, come home, have a beer, eat some pizza and go to bed. <laughs> are you bed? Are you bed? Like, honestly, well, I'm gonna, I'll have to give you the full We'll have to give you the full story. I mean, are we on record right now? Or what? We've been recording the past, yeah, since, yeah, five minutes. Oh, okay. That's not ideal, then, is it? We don't edit unless we don't. We don't edit unless there's like a drastic need to edit. So we just go for it. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask because I'll be I'll be completely honest, boys. I've not really uh, since I've retired. I've not really been. No. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. Right that's now. a that's any BMX stuff. Tough reception. Tough reception. Okay, Kyle, yeah. your reception yeah. was just complete fucking trash. You're gonna need to re respond or repeat what you said. I was just saying, basically, I'm not. Um, are you like a? Are you like on a live feed nowadays? Or no, your reception was just bad. This isn't live. No, no, no it's not live. Oh, okay. That's 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 shitty. <laughs> I thought you was. I thought you was. I thought, I thought you guys are big time, like Gypsy Tales or something like that. Every like second week, forward. every second week we do chatter radio, but we're not live right now. Mm -hmm. What? What's chatter radio? 
Well, you see, it's this thing we do on Monday evenings where we go live on YouTube and people call in. We basically do a live, you know, you know, Paul Palmeck show. We basically do something <laughs> similar to that where we go live on YouTube. We try to mix no, it up instead of, instead, of ha- instead of having a guest every week. We, you know, we split it up, give more people time to actually listen to the guest. And then we just have some BMX talk in the middle where it's a little more bullshit, a little more basic stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. So basically, Tori's talking about golf for like a solid hour. Yeah, basically. We, we have a, we're a golf show. We mix in a bit of BMX too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's why I, I mean, that's why you've made the transition so perfectly. You're my hero, Tori. You're my hero. <laughs> um, so you've, tran- you've, tra- you've, you've transitioned so well. But anyway, let's, cut, let's, let's, let's get into some juicy stuff. Let's get into... What have you got for me? Let's get into... Uh, so I guess you kind of slyly moved out of re- or headed towards retirement a bit quietly, I would say. So what was, I guess, the process like? Like when did you first start wanting to retire? And then, yeah, just talk us through the whole thing. Um, fuck, now we are going into it. Um, I mean, really for myself, I guess really like after my old man passed away, that was kind of like where I really seriously considered it. You know, it was like, that for me was like a huge just kick in the dick. Like mm. genuinely from like day one, the like day one of that happening was just like, no, like I'm not in this anymore, you know? And then I, but like, I think actually being completely truthfully, looking back, like now I've had a lot more time to look back and think about my career and racing. Like from that moment was the moment that I was truly kind of like, nah, I'm out, you know, it was like, it wasn't enjoyable anymore. Mm-hmm. And even though it like, it took me a long time to actually address the situation fully in my own mind. And then it was only once I addressed it, you know, cause it really like, I'm quite open in the sense of every day. I was like from the day it happened, well, when it happened, I was in Tokyo at the Olympic test event, you know, and then stuff like that. So a lot of people don't really, I don't think realize that when I went to the Tokyo test event, you know, we got, I landed on the flight, got the phone call that my dad was in a coma. And then it's like, okay, obviously everyone was like, do you want to fly home? Do you not want to fly home? And I was like, no, nah, like if I get home and my dad comes out of his coma and asks me how I did in Tokyo and I turn around and say, I flew home for him. He would give me such an ass whooping <laughs> that, I, that I was like, so I was like, no, no, I was like, no, I'm staying, I'm staying, you know? Um, so yeah, like, but then once I got like, once it, then after the race finished, it was like the final day. Like it was uh, the evening. I went out to like a bit, a bit of, we had a bit of an after party within the team around Tokyo kind of thing after the event. And then I got the phone call at like 1am that basically was turning my dad's life support machine off. So like that was, you know, pretty devastating. And I don't know, like every day from that point on, you know, like I flew home, I got to see him just before he passed. Like he couldn't, he didn't know I was there. Well, I know for a fact he knows I was there, but he was pretty much like a cabbage and, you know, like non-responsive in any way. And then, yeah, just one of them. Like, I mean, really, I just kind of just pretended to myself that, you know, that everything was still okay. You know, I went to training on a daily basis and knew that everything was, you know, fucking hell, getting upset. And I told myself I didn't want to do this. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, like, you know, like for me, I went to training every day, like, you know, constantly telling myself that everything was okay and, you know, I'm going to reach for the best times and I'm going to push myself in the gym and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, 
and really every night I was going home and not feeling the same in any like you know there was a huge mm -hmm. part of myself just kind of lost you know and I wasn't addressing that so mentally every time I got on the gate and every time I went to a race every time I was in training mentally I was probably at like you know I was probably really at probably like 70 percent you know and and then because training training time suck you're like you know, you, like they take a dip and then you go to a race and you don't do as well as you wanted to and then all of a sudden it's kind of like you know you're, you're searching for answers when really the big answer for me well the big overhanging thing for me was you know you're not you're not addressing the fact that there's something huge like you know a life-changing event has happened within my life and without addressing that like it just took a negative negative effect on my performance so in answer to your, like, obviously my long-winded answer, in answer to your question, kind of, I knew, I knew kind of from then it wasn't the same. And then pretty much, as I say, like you say, I took that quiet kind of approach to kind of out the sport because, you know, like when I did start to address it, I just thought, right, I just need to take a, like a step back from social media, like kind of step, take a step back from kind of, like I guess really just trying to find myself, find what worked for me and find that new routine, you know, of how things work. I'm sure, show yourself, Tori, when you was racing, I've met your old man quite a few times and, you know, like certainly my old man, he was more, probably more invested than I was, you know, like every day he would ring me every evening, like, how's training been? What's your times like, you know? <laughs> oh, how can, how can we get better? And then like, I mean, my dad was fucked like he was nuts like seriously <laughs> nuts like the guy the guy the guy would ring me at like 2 a.m in the morning like ring 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 and i'd be like i'd be like oh my god like something's <laughs> happened like oh my gosh and i'll ring him back and he'd be like yeah i've been thinking you got 13th in the time trial and I think it was because your corners weren't as fast. It's like, like, like you can uh. pick time. He was like, he was, he was like, you can pick time up. He was like, yeah. I mean, like you're, like, you're, you're laughing, but honestly, like the guy, the guy was nuts. He was so invested. He was so invested. So, like as you can imagine, for me, you know, like I mean, even like I look back and like, you know, Liam, Grant, Trey, like they all had a connection with my old man, you know, in one way or another. So. Like it weren't just kind of, and I guess really even for like Trey, especially, I mean, Trey carried my dad at my, at my funeral, you know, at his funeral, uh, because like my dad, like I got to a point where my dad was kind of so intense at races, like not intense because he was the most chilled guy ever, but he was so kind of like, you know, like he was chilled, he was the chilledest man ever. To the, yeah, but like he was... He was, he genuinely loved the sport and loved the people within it. He was never, you know, all my dad ever wanted me to do was do my best. As long as like, if I won, lost, went, got like, got motored, went out, like all my dad cared about is if he could tell that I tried my best. And if I tried my best, then he didn't care in like one way. Like he didn't care at all. Like, I mean, on race day, he used to text my competition. Like he'd text Trey on a World Cup race day. We like we'd wake up in the morning. Like <laughs> I, this is a, actually I'm gonna tell you some funny shit. We was at Papendale. We was at we was at Papendale World Cup once and we woke up one morning. The Trey was like, Oh, your dad your dad's text me, wishing me good luck and like 
positive message and like he read me the message and my, and, and my dad was like yeah Trey go get it today like you know, you've been performing so well recently in training like I'm proud of you go get it wow and I literally like I, and I literally like I looked at my phone and I didn't even have a message myself my old dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so as I say I mean yeah it's like let's try and let's try and like not put a donor on this whole thing but yeah like for me it just became such a such a lost part that I just kind of from there on out it was like you know I needed to try and find myself and then by the time I'd got to the point where I was finding myself in a way you know like being brutally honest the only way I was ever going to kind of I felt take a next step and to find my new routine was to kind of you know do things on my own away from the British cycling program but then the more you know, the more them talks happened within the team and within the program, the more resistance, like, I felt, you know, the more pushback that I felt. And it kind of started to very quickly, very quickly realise that actually, you know, it's not going to be, like, that's not going to be a possibility, it's not going to be a possibility while being on the team. So then obviously I tried to, under the radar, you know, reach out to a few companies, reach out to different people, get my agent on to see if he could pull the sponsorship in. And then just kind of like, you know, that didn't happen either. So then I was kind of like, like, where do I go from here? You know, and then it genuinely got to the point where I was chasing the dream, putting myself in debt to chase the dream. You know, I was taking myself on my own training camps. I was taking myself outside of the the environment that I was in to then try and progress myself but putting myself in debt and as soon as you put yourself in like debt you know because I didn't have a I didn't I like you know like for the last two years or whatever of racing BMX I didn't have a sponsor I mean I had radio giving me some bikes and I used to always tag them and was like yeah cool brilliant but you know they never paid me a penny you know I did that kind of in the hope that at some point they was going to pay me and yeah, it kind of just be like, it was like, just got to a dead end point where I was just like, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point? Do, do I truly? And I guess the other thing, like, you know, <laughs> gosh, I mean, I, I'm laughing because I really didn't want to do this because Quillen even commented on the coffee chat page, like, it's going to be a long one. And I'm like, <laughs> no, don't. like, try and make it as short as, <laughs> try and make it as short as possible. You know, you know fuck yeah, that. Like, this is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. Yeah, and it, it just got to the point where, you know, like I was waking up and I was thinking, right, okay, you're eight wrist surgeries deep, two shoulder surgeries deep, you know, I've had ankle surgery and I was like, and I watch people like, especially like Graf, I watch people like Graf and that guy and Sylvan, Sylvan's another one. And then guys, they genuinely get on the line and I'm, I'm confident that they're willing to like, they're willing to crash and hurt themselves to take that win mm-hmm. and I was kind of like am I, am I prepared to go and you know I'd already pushed my body you know like two two three surgeries ago the wrist like the doctor that when I, when I was on the operating t- table the surgeon was like this is like you need to stop like you need to stop now because like you're not going to be able to like pick your grandkids up when you're older you're not going to be able to like pour yourself like pour yourself a coffee he was like that's how legit I am like he was like that's how serious he was and I was kind of like oh you know now it's fine it's fine I'll stop when I can stop riding my bike I'll stop when I can't ride my bike I'll stop when I can't ride my bike and then like as I say I got to that point where I was like am I willing to put myself on the line risk another crash another surgery while I'm in debt, chasing a dream, you know, of the Olympics in 
COVID, when it's already been cancelled once, uh, you know, like just everything adding mm. up to that is just kind of like, nah, you know what, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm quite comfortable. I was, I was quite satisfied with my own career. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you talk because my pizza's going. Yeah, cold. yeah. Finish your pizza. <laughs> I think, um, like, I actually met with my old sports psych. I hadn't seen him in a long time. Recently, just for dinner, I was in town where he lived, and we just met for dinner and, and chatted or whatever. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, we we're talking about retirement and athletes. And he's like, yeah, it's usually the beginning of the end when like the athlete starts to um, like kind of not be as motivated or like you kind of start having those thoughts. It's usually the beginning of the end. And you're saying he sees it in like tons of, he sees it in every athlete. Like when that kind of starts, it's the beginning of the end. And usually within a year, like the person retires. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Like you, it's kind of right on par with that. Like it, that's, how it usually starts. So I think it was, I'm sure the right time for you. Yeah. I mean, like I know, like, I mean, even because everyone around me, everyone, you know, family, Rhea, like just everyone was all kind of like, Oh, like the team, you know, Marcus, I had conversations with Marcus and everyone was kind of like, like, I don't, I think really they was kind of like, I don't think you're done. You know, like you've yeah. got, you've got more, you've got more in the tank. And I was like, yeah, and I was kind of like, you know, I did my own, a bit of my own training and stuff. And yeah, like I saw the performance shine through and like, I was kind of like, yeah, of course I can, you know, like I'm hitting five fours, five threes in training. And I'm like, okay, like we're not even got a race to go to. There's no COVID. Like, I mean, well, there's COVID, but like no races to go to, no traveling, no nothing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going pretty fast here. You know, like I knew I, I knew I was capable, but but if you truly want to go and achieve something, you've got to be invested in every way possible, you know, emotionally, physically, like just, you've got, like, as I say, I mean, like look at the UFC fighters and stuff like that. Like they wake up every day and they go into the octagon ready to, you know, ready to die. And, and I think within any top elite sport, whether it's like, you know, BMX, whether it's athletics running, whether it's golf or whatever, you have got to be 100% invested and 100%, mm. you know, confident and believe in your capabilities to get to the top. And if you don't do that, if there's that, you know, that point, not, not one of a percent that doesn't believe, it doesn't happen, you know, it just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. I think there's, a, there's a big difference between being, just being capable and actually being willing as you said, like that's a huge difference. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, and I think it's usually like, it's not that like you physically can't do it anymore. It's just mentally, you just, yeah, it's just time. Like physically a hundred percent, you can still be racing at the highest level, but just mentally it comes to a point where you're just, you're, you're done. Yeah. And that's where it kind of got to for me. I'd got to that point where it was genuinely, you know, I just genuinely, like I knew, well, I could tell you the day that I retired, you know, I went in, like kind of, I'd kind of been on at the program and on at the, like the senior management team within British Cycling to, you know, we had an Olympic selection criteria set out, um, which was supposed to be from the first World Cup through to the World Championships, the top two guys will go to the Olympics. We obviously raced the first one in Australia, then from there it all got cancelled. And then like, you know, for six, seven months afterwards, there was still no like real direction or criteria of how we was going to go to the Olympics and I kind of said a few times to, to the guys that like you know above Marcus like you know something needs to be something needs to be decided pretty soon 
and then you know even one of them was like oh, okay like kind of why, why why does it need to be so important and i was to the point of like well what do you mean if it's so important like if there's not like if i don't if i'm not going to the olympics then i may as well retire now because like i'm i'm chasing a dream that's not there and putting myself into debt and and they was like oh don't worry there'll be something there'll be something and then you know i kind of waited like six months and there was still nothing in the diary and i just went into the track session one day i sat there and i was kind of like it was just a dossing session i was literally you know i did a few starts and i chatted to marcus for probably half an hour and i was kind of like mm, you know i'm not sure whether i can just do this anymore like it just needs to be kind of like my way or or the or, or no way kind of thing and and he obviously tried to convince me otherwise and yeah then literally I went into the gym on Tuesday morning and I warmed up <laughs> I warmed up and I, <laughs> I, I, I stretched off I warmed up um, I did my first set of squat and I think it was like well it was like it was 195 for free so I was like yep sweet did that re-racked I was like right next set was like 200 for free and I was sat at the end of the gym and I was looking at the guys and I was like just seeing Ross do like a PB clean at like 135 and I was like nice Ross like yes I was hyped up I was like yeah let's go then like I saw Kai do like a PB front squat at the time for him was like 160 or something or 155 he front squatted that so then I was like nice boys like <laughs> we are on it today kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and then even myself I was like put 200 and I was like right I've got a set of free at 200 I was like right let's get going and I got under the bar and I went down did one rep and I went down I got braced and I got ready for the second rep and I got all the way to the bottom and I was like and I genuinely like I was pushing up on the second rep and it was coming up like it got it got up like let me just add that but on the way up from the bottom of the squat it was the 200k that killed me man on the way up from the <laughs> on the way up from the squat oh no back and then I was like <laughs> so then like just pushed it up to the top had one more rep to go and everyone was like come on Kev let's go let's go and I just walked it into the platform <laughs> I just walked it into the platform like put it on and I just turned and I was just like oh yeah yeah I think I'm done <laughs> And then everyone was <laughs> and then like everyone was like everyone then everyone everyone was, <laughs> everyone was like what do you mean done and I was like yeah yeah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to fuck it off. Like, this is just, this is just not for me anymore. I was like, and then like, literally, to the, to like, it's still so funny when I think about it. Like, my gym coach, my gym coach at the time, like, when I walked to the end of the gym to get my bag, I took my, like, my weights belt off, I took my gym shoes off, I got my bag, and I, and I walked over, and as I walked over, like, I shook his hand, and I just was like, oh, and he was like, oh, as I was walking to him, sorry, he was like, oh, yeah, uh, are you just a bit tired? Are you, are you just gonna fuck this session off, or like, like what? What's like? Yeah, cool. And I was like, no, no, Dan. I was like, no, Dan, I, I'm done. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're done. Like, I know you're done for this session. But like, what? <laughs> I, I, I see you to like. Do you want to move the session to tomorrow, and we'll come back to it tomorrow? And I like just shook his hand, and I just went, no, Dan, I'm fucking done. Like, I said, I'll come and see you when I pick my things up. I was like, but you won't see me in this gym lifting another weight. And he was like, and he genuinely, like, he walked, like, and then literally I just walked out the gym, 
went straight to my car, rang Clark and Kent, and I was like, boys, like, that job you always told me I could have, like, I need it, because, like, I've just left the team, and it was like, okay, yeah, cool, start whenever you want to. And then literally the gym coach, I believe, even after I left the gym, like, the whole session he was going, do you think Kev's fucking left the team? I don't think he has. No, he can't have just done that. He can't have just done that. And I was like, like, everyone was just like gobsmacked, I think, that I just was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm out of here. What a oh fucking legendary way to, to <laughs> what a fucking legendary way to end it. <laughs> That's yeah, a real all, all, all I needed was a beer on the way out. And like, you know, well, have you seen Entourage? I've yeah. actually never watched ever, Entourage, ever, no. Like, like Entourage is one of the best series I've ever come across. And there's a part, James, I know you just said you watched it, and you'll know it. When yeah. Ari Gold leaves his, um, when he leaves his first agency and he gets the paintball gun and he walks around the old agency and just starts shooting at people. <laughs> like, I so wish I'd planned it well enough to get a paintball gun, walk around <laughs> British Cycling and just any, anyone that I just didn't like over the years just be like, <laughs> like, hey, you. <laughs> and just be like, you know, just shoot him with a paintball and then walk out and just be like, yeah, I'm retired, so what? What are you going to do? But, you know... That's the only Why way I could have topped it. Oh, so it. just walked in each and every person that you get that pissed you off at one point. Uh, fuck you for that. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck and, you. Uh, see you later. Fuck, fuck you. you, Quillen. Yeah. Fuck you, Ross. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, yeah. I would have had the paintball gun just as just as Ross uh, PB cleaned one four five or whatever it was one three five. I'd be like, yeah, that uninspired me. Fuck you, dude. Boom, <laughs> shot him. Like, yeah. So, so, yeah. No. so yeah. I just like the moral of the story is I just kind of felt uninspired anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. And and like there was obviously a lot of reasons of why I felt uninspired. You know, it was, it was, but it was so, totally the right time. The day I, the day I walked out of that gym and the day I got home, you know, and sat on the sofa, like a weight had been lifted from my shoulders, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready. And then when I watched the first World Cup on TV, like well online on the on the internet, I was kind of like, like I didn't. Not one part of me wanted to be there. I wanted to yeah. be there to watch. But I didn't want to be on the start line, yeah. you know. And even like even during that watching that World Cup, I mean, like even Trey and stuff texted me because I've won quite a few European rounds in Verona, and everyone was like, "You should have gone to Verona. Like that could have been your World Cup. To you could have been like you could have won that World Cup. Like that could have been your first World Cup win." And I was like, "Yeah, so be it. I'm over it. See, I'm out. Yeah. I'm at the trails. Like I'm yeah. at the trails, riding my bike. I'm out." But. When you're done, you're done. Yeah, and it's funny because like. I'm sure you probably feel similar, but it's like you go from waking up so hungry to train every day. And then just the thought of like squatting heavy or doing sprints just seems like the most exhausting thing ever. Yeah. It's I mean, actually, yeah. It's when, funny. Like even thinking about happened. that is just like, Oh my God, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I remember, I remember when you put, I'm sure you commented once on Lila something like, I'm sure there was a video of someone squatting online and you commented to saying like, Yep, don't miss the days of having 170 on my back. <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. And, like, and, like, and, I, and I remember reading that comment being like, huh, what's he talking about? When I finish BMX, I'm going to still go to the gym. I've not picked a weight up since the day I left the program. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly, the, yeah. I've, I've not been to the gym once, but, but then if you ever want to be a, 
if you ever, if any BMXer, any BMX racer who thinks they're big and strong wants to come uh, and, and just be humbled for a split second, they need to come and work with Clark and Kent and just do a day on site because you'll soon realize that all that weight training that you're doing does nothing for you. It's like those boys pick up like these Tarams and they're picking up like whacker plates. Like it's nothing. Wheelbarrows, whacker plates. And like, they always laugh because they're like, you're a strong boy, do it. And they're like, you can't do it. And then they're like, you'll get Kent who's like, you know, like belly on him and that, like nothing, just a dosser all the time, just having a pure laugh all the time. Or just pick it up and he'll be like, yeah, you might be strong. But you're not fucking firm. You're like you're not firm, stronger. Yeah, and then like literally <laughs> just walks off, like walks off with a whacker plate on his shoulder, and you're like, oh yeah, maybe I'm not. You know, <laughs> maybe the, I'm not strong. Because so the strength in the gym is for like such a specific person purpose. It's not oh, life. Yeah. It's not life strength. Like it's not like uh, not like working man strength. No, no, it's so yeah, much. Exactly we, we're starting to pedal a bike and pedal a bike only. It's like like specific. Yeah, yeah, it's very specific. It's not like you can't just yeah. It's it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huh? I mean, what yeah, the hell I'm is a whacker plate? With you, boys, on that. you know what a whacker plate is? Like, it's the little thing with the engine on. Like, it's the flat plate with the engine on. It's got the handle on. You start it off and it's like, and it like vibrates and <laughs> okay, and pounds the whole. But that compacts the track. It compacts the packer. The yeah, the, the packer. Okay, yeah, gotcha. So I don't know oh, what yeah, you guys just... call it, but. Okay, connection is unstable at the moment. Hope you guys are enjoying this podcast with Kyle. It's pretty interesting to hear his retirement show. I'm trying to achieve and try, trying to achieve another Olympic Games, and now I've just turned into a a twenty eight year old shit talking dosser that eats pizza <laughs> and drinks beers. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and rides my bike as much as possible. Well, you weren't yeah. always that because you know what? You won many races on a pro gate Europe. Winning starts the great gate. You know what, James? Kyle Evans, great fucking starter on Pro Gate Europe. With most of the people I coach, if I, I recommend them watch one of Kyle's gates because it's such a simple and efficient form. One many on Pro Gate Europe. Pro Gate Europe. Pro Gate Europe, that's yours today. You've always talked about Kyle's gates. Whenever we're talking about someone's gates, you just have always been like, I'm a, I'm a Kyle fan. Yep. I'm a Kyle fan. Yep. Kyle, what's your favorite Pro Gate Europe you ever raced on? What track? What is the best Pro Gate? The best Pro Gate. I've ever raced on. Best program. I think, it has, I, I think it has to be, I think Chula, Chula, real, uh, Chula London replication, replica, mm -hmm. whichever one, one that is. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's that. Yep. Just because I, I like the shape of the Sturtle as well. Like I really liked it. Yes. Like every time I went there on that Sturtle, I really liked the shape of it. So it felt, that one's steep. It, yeah, it felt for me like I could just like go like, you know, bang, 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 falling. And like before I knew it, I was already into the crest and I could just lean forward. It didn't kind of, I don't know, it always never felt like, you know, some gates like Papendal feels a touch longer and it almost feels like the crest feels at the up and down spot, you know, like mm -hmm. when, mm -hmm. when, your leg, when your legs are at the top and the bottom of the crank. So like, when you're trying to push your weight forward, when your pedals are in that position, slightly more awkward and unnatural than when, you know, it's kind of like you're hitting it halfway through the downstroke. Yeah. Question. So, Question, Kyle. That was, that was probably my best. Yes. Carry on. What are, you, what are you most proud of about your career, like result-wise or just kind of looking back? What are, you, what are you most proud of or what do you, yeah, what do you look back on most fondly? 
But it could be, yeah, a race or how you raced or, I don't know, friends, anything like that. You know, I find it's really hard to answer. I mean, because, again, I don't know. Like, I never used to wake up. Like, a lot of people might find it bizarre that I'm not straight away, like, oh, the Olympics, like, when I competed at the Olympics. But, you know, and I kind of feel shitty because there's a lot of BMX races out there and a lot of people out there that... You know, they look like they've always dreamt of going to the Olympics and that's their, their goal. And I think it's fantastic. But, you know, that never used to get me out of bed in the morning. Like, genuinely, truthfully, what, what used to genuinely drive me to get better was to, like, every day, if I woke up and I was better than I was the day before, like, that was my own ego satisfied. Mm-hmm. you know and it was like i used to go home feeling good because my own ego like my own ego had been tickled and satisfied to the fact of like i was like yeah i was good today and i was definitely better than i was yesterday and you know like i don't really say i guess like yeah maybe the european champs but when i won the european games like that was pretty cool well that was very cool you know like but that was cool for me for more reasons you know because like my family was there mm-hmm. compared to like my mum my mum you know, my mum, I'm one of five and, you know, my mum can't afford to travel around the world to watch me race, even though she'd love to. You know, my dad didn't even have a passport, so he never got me, to, he never saw me race outside the country. He only ever got to see me race big races that were in the UK and, and they came little and often, you know, like a couple of Manchester World Cups, like four Manchester World Cups, was it? And, you know, a couple of nationals, but nationals are not really anything in the UK. So in terms of like international stage, yeah, that was kind of like a big one. But really, yeah, I don't really have a standout race. I guess what I'm most proud of is, you know, <laughs> and I guess like it's going to sound like a good, like I'm kind of feeding my own ego a little bit. But, you know, a lot of genuinely, like I try and make time for everybody when I get to the track, whether it's a little kid, whether it's a parent, you know, whether it's like a, a grandparent of like a little kid that's there, you know, if they, if they ask me a question or they make time to just say hello, smile, you know, talk, like I'll give them as much time as I've got in that moment. And I think that for me really like, you know, comes, comes across as like when I hear people say, Oh yeah, you know, he's a nice guy, you know, he's oh, blah, blah, blah. But I'm probably more proud of that. The fact that people genuinely kind of see the love that I have for the sport and then the love that I have for riding bikes and anything on two wheels, like, like I'm just super passionate about two wheels and it's, you know, whether it's motocross, BMX, mountain bikes, I'm super, super passionate about it. And just being able to, you know, meet people along the way, like some incredible people and some, you know, some people that are not even in the sport, but still so incredible in their own way. And for them to have that connection with somebody else and, and, and find a common interest and then, you know, build a friendship on that. Similar to you guys, you know, we, we met through BMX in, and we built a friendship and a, and a relationship over many, many years. And it's like, you know, I'd like to think you don't have a bad word to say and I don't have a bad word to say about you guys apart from James fucking taking Trey out that time in, in Zolder, but <laughs> God, that was, that was fucking awesome. I remember watching that behind the hill. They were just battling the whole track too. That just, that was really just the icing on the cake in the last turn. 
that was that was a, that, I mean, was like, low, yeah. that was definitely one of the low moments i had i, I looked back <laughs> on it i made a mistake but i remember instantly as soon as it happened i was like that was a bad, that was a bad idea that was a bad idea yeah i know but, I, I know i know we, i know we spoke about it a few times on this show about that comment's been made but like you know like i remember that day and again like i'm sure trey probably hates me for it but like when it happened, like we got back to the hotel that night, and like all night, I, all night, I had to listen to Trey. Like, nah, man, this is fucking bullshit, man. Like, oh, I, I would have made it. I would have made it. Like, he took my chance and stuff. And I think I got that sick of me listening to it. I was like, well, bro, if you was in the situation, you would have done exactly the same to him. So, like, you've just got to act. You've just got to accept it. And yeah. Trey just wasn't happy with my response. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> he, he felt he, he felt like I was against him, and I was on James's side. But I was kind of like, yeah, like I just got sick of listening to it. But yeah, I remember so in terms I, of the, you have to be. So I was gonna say, I remember talking to somebody after the race, and like I was gonna go find him to apologize, and somebody was like, "Yeah, he's pretty heated." I was like. Yeah, maybe I should just wait a little bit. Maybe I don't go talk to him yet. <laughs> maybe I just message him on Instagram later. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just message him just say something later because I don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to get a hit or it. Yeah. yeah. That is, like, just, a, like, that is like, just a daunting feeling when it's just, you know, like you maybe should apologize and you just like kind of know the guy's just fucking pissed and like, whether it's like, like BMX too, or yeah. life or whatever and you're just like walking over, you're like, oh, here we go. We're, we're doing it. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, then you always get that all awkward moment as well where you've like you've been thinking about it yep. for about four hours and you're like yep. and you've avoided it and you've avoided it and then you think <laughs> right I'm just gonna you're like yeah guys I'm just gonna go for a piss and then as you walk into the portaloo you you see him right next to the portaloo and you're like oh shit like yep. I don't need a piss anymore. and there's that there's that moment there's that moment where he like sees you and he doesn't know you're gonna apologize and he looks at you like he just wants to fucking kill you and your family <laughs> yeah yeah, it's so and then the funny, funny part is, so then it goes funny, on. But... Then it goes on long enough, and in BMX we don't see each other for a couple months in between, and then it gets to the point where if you went and said you apologize later, you just feel like an idiot for apologizing. Mm. You just let it go on even further until it comes <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so funny. yeah, but uh, yeah, but no, like for me, I think like you know, just meeting people, and if like what I'm most, as I say, what I'm most proud about is like really kind of setting a good a good example I'd like to say you know for for younger people in the sport other elite athletes I'd hope to you know like I've, I'm sure I've probably come across you know come across many guys where you know they've probably been trying to achieve the same thing but I guess because they've never kind of met someone that looks at BMX and the sport in kind of probably the way that I look at it you know um I think it kind of, you know, gives them a different perspective and sometimes helps them or sometimes probably points them in the direction of like, shit, I don't want to follow that guy's path. And then, uh, yeah, like I think just having that, that, you know, having that relationship with so many people and good responses from so many people, just, yeah, I'm proud to say that, you know, I was, I feel like I was a good competitor and, you know, I've, uh, yeah, ideally I'd like to, they probably have made a contribution to some form of BMX, whether it's in the UK, whether it's within on the world scene or whatever, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. along the line, somewhere along the line, someone has taken something from what I've said or what I've done or, you know, and it's inspired them. And that's probably the most, you know, what that's the most rewarding thing that anyone could ask for, could ask for. So, so yeah, I'm probably yeah. most, most proud of that. I got, a, I got a lot of respect for that, as I got to say, too, just because, I mean, at the end of the day, results, they come and go. It's like 
the person you are, though, the person you strive to be, mm-hmm. that's something that just stays with you past being an athlete, mm-hmm. past being that guy at, top, at the top of the sport. So I think that's really cool. Really cool answer. Yeah. What would you yeah, – um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. No, no, no. I was just going to kind of say from that, yeah, it's like, you know, I, I do find it very difficult within the sport. I never really understand people. I guess that's why I probably don't really get on – with those kind of people. I mean, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who, who is like this exact person, but I guess, you know, so, certainly more within like, I guess like the freestyle side of things, you know, especially like trails and skate park. It's kind of like clicky circles and those kind of people are like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just really weird. And I just find it weird that like, if like at the end of the day, we're all people, we're all guys or, or females, you know, that like riding two wheels. So why can't we share that experience and, and have a good time together? Like, why does it need to be so, you know, perfect example. I remember when we got to Rio Olympics, got to Rio Olympics and me and Liam was going on like a, a just to loosen up around the village and we rode around the village. And as we was coming down the road, we saw the Dutch guys riding towards us. <laughs> Dude, like, I, have, I have this exact same story from Rio. I know like, what you're about to say. <laughs> like literally like we, it was like the first BMX guys we'd saw at the Olympics. And we was like, Oh, Hey, and like literally all four of them just rode straight past us and didn't even look at us. And like me and Liam was like, Guess we're at the Olympics now. Like, yeah. yeah like, okay. That's like, so you know, funny. And any other time, it would have been like, "Yo, what's up? Like, how's training been going? Have you seen the trap?" Blah, blah, blah. Nothing. It was just like completely blank. To me and Liam was like, "Yeah, guess it's. Uh, guess this is serious." I had the same thing. <laughs> me and Pietra and Adam were right around the village. Like one of the first days, we saw the Dutch guys too, and like I went to stop and say hi, and I think like Tuan said hi or something, but they pretty much all just rode past too. <laughs> I was like, "All right, well, <laughs> sweet." <laughs> Oh well, see you guys later. Yeah. I, I can ima- I can imagine what PH would have been like. PH would have been like, Meh. I bet PH was like, man, Tori, those guys are assholes, man, assholes. <laughs> Fucking beat them. Yeah, you, hey, you were you were beat them, man. They 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 putans, putans. That's what he always would say. See, like the stuff that guy that guy is a legend. He yeah, is a legend. he is a fucking legend. Yeah. But, um. What do you, uh, if you could say um, or give advice to uh, like yourself when you were younger or first turning elite, what would you say now after having gone through your career? Uh, be great, patient. great question. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Um, be patient and expect and don't expect things to happen overnight. You know, I think a lot of times, uh, I guess really like when for me, but the starts was the only thing that I ever really kind of managed to kind of get my head around and really be patient with and believe that it was slowly coming, you know, slowly but surely. But everything else, you know, I was always like as a junior kid, I was like an absolute trash rider as a junior, you know. I think I made like one final in Europe and that was it. Um, and other than that, like, shush. Other than that, I was basically... Yeah, just a, like, I mean, I never won a national. I never made a European final as an amateur, nothing. And it was like, you know, I was always that kid that was like, oh, yeah, go to the track, do loads of starts. I'm going to be good at starts. And, yeah, I'm going to go and do a sprint session. And all of a sudden, I should be fast. And all of a sudden, like, if I go to the gym and start lifting some weights, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm going to win races. Where that just doesn't quite happen, you know. you got to, like, believe in the process and trust everything that's that you're planning towards will come over time because... 
I'm, a, I'm definitely a strong believer of like you can have all the tools in your toolbox but if you don't have the experience like, you can have all the enthusiasm in the world but if you don't have you don't have the uh, experience to draw on that then you know sometimes it can be very very difficult to to, to let the outcome you know let the pros like, let the outcome show what you've done within the process you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a big one that's a tough one to to want to because a lot of the times when you're young especially like you just want to get there you just want to be there you just want to be fast instantly and having to learn to slow down and just be like this is going to take like years or more than one year like it's tough so yeah. that's a good one that is yeah. a really good one and i would probably give similar advice to myself i would say like give yourself a break like i would get so upset with myself if i wasn't perfect or if i if i didn't have all good starts on a race day or something like that i'd be super upset at myself and i think yeah just and i probably tell myself to like the you know like when you go through a couple rough months and you're just fucking grinding like in training and racing and it's just not working like i would tell myself probably to just enjoy those moments more and not get so frustrated or upset or whatever and because like you know you're gonna come through it and be better because of it and it's easy to say that after the fact, because at the time you don't know, like you just, whatever, you're so consumed by it. But I would probably tell myself to, yeah, enjoy those, enjoy the grinding a bit more in those moments and just, yeah, don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Cause it's, it's, yeah. that's, that's, but it, like I said, it's hard when you're in it because you're so invested and if it's not going well and you're frustrated, it gets super tough. And it's, of course, it's easy <laughs> to say that after the fact, but that's probably advice I would give too. It's so easy to, it's so easy to, to look back and, Say things when you're on the outside, and I think yeah. you see things so much. I think you see things so much more clearly when you're on the outside. Hundred you know, yeah. percent. Even even when I look back to like British cycling, like the whole time I was on the team, there was probably times where I used to think, "Hmm, that's a bit shady." You know, that's, that's shady. <laughs> but would but would but would <laughs> but would not really say anything. But not really saying it, but not really that's saying That's a bit shady. I mean, that's a bit shady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we could get into it. I mean, Let, we could. Let's uncover that. I want to cover, cover that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah what the fuck is shady that, going yeah. on there in Manchester <laughs> Stadium? I mean... <laughs> I mean, oh, they're injecting I mean, Liam with a needle. I mean, that's a little sketchy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It just like things that happen, and then like you know, yeah. you step back, and especially now, I've like I even said this to Marcus. I saw Marcus really for the first time and had a good conversation with him about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and and we'd had a little conversation, and we'd not really spoken too much since since me really leaving leaving the team, you know, apart from the odd text message here or there, or maybe on Instagram message when he replied to a story or something, but we'd not really spoken. And it's kind of like, you know, I look and I said to him, like, I can see, like the guys tell me things and I'm looking on from the outside now with no emotional attachment Mm -hmm. to what's going on within that building and nothing, because obviously it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Like I say, I'm a working man that, builds BMX tracks for a living and yeah like it's it doesn't affect me in any way shape or form therefore I see it in such a totally different light where like the guys the guys quite often come to me now you know like I've had Quillen come to the house I've had Ross come to the house you know I've like you know I've had I've done sprints with them I've taught like you know I've been helping them to do like different starts and like kind of helping them that way and 
kind of like whatever they ever needed. And, and you know, and I feel like if Paddy's been on the phone, even Kai's been on the phone, like pretty much at some point, all of them since I've left the programme have been, have been on the phone or been at my door, you know, and we've had conversations and I genuinely do believe that it's helped, like I've been able to help them better than if I was on the team, mm-hmm. you know, because I because my mentality of looking at what they was doing or what might be happening within their environment is going on, I was able to actually kind of put myself out of that situation and then also go, okay, what would I do if I was in that situation? And then what would I do? Like, what can they do? You know, like you can look at it in a few different ways. So I find like I've helped them probably better than if I was on the team and kind of being a bit like, yeah, I'll keep a bit of information to myself or, you know, try and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just because I didn't want to like almost give them any, any more information that I felt like they could, you know, get better performance than me. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny how that time's a wonderful thing. (laughs) It's kind of funny how that dynamic works sometimes when it's like, your friends that are on the same team as you when they're going after that same, let's say funding or whatever. You, there are things that you like probably want to keep to yourself. And it could be like the littlest thing is of like how you approach a training or how you approach trying to change something or like what you're thinking off this part of the gate or what whatnot. Um, but now that you're out of it, you can probably feel like you can just open up and tell them and everything you use to make yourself as best as you can. You can now use that to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was a time where, you know, when Trey was on the team, I think Trey and Quillam, we was on a gate, we was doing a session and like, they were both struggling with the stars. And literally, I told them both one thing. I was like, oh, do this. And they both did it and started beating my times. And I was like, this ain't, this ain't cool. This is super uncool. In your mind, you're like, what the I'm fuck, doing- Kyle? Keep that tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like. Lock it up. I was like, like it's it's instantly was like well i'm not doing this again like, thank you. So, no no way so so yeah i stopped i stopped talking to him after that that's why you probably saw that's probably why you saw a lot of videos of me cutting him off on the first straight in training in manchester because i was just trying to get inside the heads of like yeah i'm still the best at starts here <laughs> yeah like <laughs> that was my only advantage my only upper strength but do you, fi- do you find it, it's, it's cool to share though, like after you're done now and obviously it doesn't matter and you want to see your best for your friends and stuff. It's cool to share experiences you went through or whatever and give them more knowledge to hopefully succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's cool that I find it really cool that the guys feel comfortable enough, mm-hmm. you know, again, that, going back to that proud moment, what am I proud of? You know, I'm super proud that I must've naturally conducted myself in a way within that environment that the guys still feel to this day, even though I'm not on the, you know, I'm not training, I'm not within the building that they can come to me and say, Hey Kev, like, what do you think of this? Or can you help me with this? And it's just like that for me is like, yeah, that's badass. You know, for me, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, yeah, I'm proud of that stuff because yeah, like it's, you know, I've built friendships and, and, and relationships there that, that are going to last forever, you know, not just not just because we shared a room together or because we trained every day together or because we went to a certain race together. But yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. That, uh, that respect among your peers like that, like mm-hmm. that respect is almost like I find it, it weighs more than the respect of somebody from the outside just looking on and watching. Yeah. There's, not, there's nothing quite like respect from 
from the peers you race against when they show respect for something you do. Like that's, yeah, that's the highest, I think the highest compliment you can get as an athlete. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like again, yeah, you know, the whole time I raced every, when I think back every time that I got on the gate, it didn't matter whether I knew I could beat them or, you know, it was going to be a close race. So I had to get a really good start. I always had mad respect for everybody. And I think sometimes, you know, that was probably my, you know, sometimes it was my weakness. It was my weakness because sometimes I was kind of like, you know, I had so much respect for certain people that, you know, I didn't really want to be a dick. You know, I didn't want to be the guy that smashed somebody in a turn. I didn't want to be the guy that absolutely savagely cut somebody off or cross jump them because like a little bit, I guess is like, I didn't want that done to me. So I only ever really did that when I was like really pissed off. If someone had pissed me off in the race before I was like, he is getting nailed in this one. <laughs> and, I would be, and I would be like, like, bro, I've, I, like, I mean, I've, fuck this guy. I mean, the, the, the guy, the, the guys, the guys laugh, the guys laugh. I mean, there's been so many times, like, I mean, and Grant used to always say to me, Grant White used to always say to me, he was like, Kev, you need to race angry. He's like, cause when you're angry, you're an absolute savage. He's like, but the problem is, I think again as well, like in my everyday life, I'm, I think I get it from my dad. I'm super, super chilled. And because I'm so chilled and like, you know, I like to have a good time. Like I love riding my bike. So when, as long as I'm riding my bike, I'm happy. So like, why do I need to be a dick to all these people? But like, we're all just riding bikes. Let's all have fun. You know, I guess I sound like, I'd like I don't know. I sound like we're all on mushrooms or something in this fantasy, like fantasy world, isn't it? But that's the kind of guy where like, I feel like because I was almost a little bit too nice, you know, I was, I was satisfied that, I didn't see the need to, but when somebody pissed me off, Grant used to always be like, Phew. he'd be like, geez, Kev, he was like, you need to harness that and go out there every time. He's like, you'll win loads of races. You'll win more races than you ever can imagine if you did that. And I was like, yeah, but like deep down, that wasn't me. So, so no matter how much I went to a psychologist, you know, and spoke about like the emotions and the feelings and the thought processes that happened to, to bring out, like, I guess if you want to call it the beast in me, you know, I couldn't truly do that because that wasn't me. That's not a characteristic that I have. It was just something, an external, it's an external thing happened within my environment that got me so amped up that, you know, you know, I was ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Like I'm genuinely ready to go. So then like I'd cut people off like savagely or like give a good elbow in a corner and like, you know, I've been into corners and I've been into corners and been that pissed off that like, I'm you know, making a move and I've kind of like, I've made the pass. And I've, the pass is done. But then I thought, yeah, he's pissed me off that much. I'm just going to use my hip. And I've used my hip, like, bunk, and, like, knocked him with my ass and twisted the bars <laughs> off and made him go over the bars. And I think back to it, and I think, what a dick thing to do. But at that time, I was just in that moment, in that moment. And it was like, yeah, but so be it. I mean, it could have been, my, it could have been, a, could have been a huge, huge strength. And a lot of people might have got lucky from it. But, you know, that's not me that's not my characteristic and, and i'm okay with that who'd you do that to who'd you bump with the hip who'd you who'd you send up you got to know there's one of those incidents you're like i remember that one it was a french kid it was a french kid I guess of course of course it was of course it was a french kid <laughs> it's, re- it's, re- it's really it's really bad it's really bad because i don't actually know his name but even I better sarian's european i was in sarian's european round and he was in 
This was in the semi as well. So I bumped him in the semi, but he was in my eighth. And he was in my eighth. And I can't remember what happened. Oh, I do remember what happened, actually. I got a bad gear. I just clipped the gear. A little bit of a wheel spin. And then as I was coming through, he, like, tried to cut me off. But then, obviously, because I had more power, like, I was sprinting past him, kind of, like, raised his elbow. And then, like, like raised his elbow over, like, the second jump. And then we got tangled and then I got back in front of him. And then for some reason, the kid still tried to get over on me, but his handlebars were behind me. So I was like, what is this guy doing? Like I couldn't pedal my bike because I was kneeing his handlebars the whole first straight. <laughs> and then like, he like, and he was just like, it, I'm certain like he was like, it felt like it was the whole way. He was like headbutting me the whole way down the straight. Like <laughs> just cause he wanted, he was, he was, he was so excited to like try and cut me off. And I was like, dude, I'm back in front of you. Like give it a rest. And then I don't know. Like, and then I'm pretty certain in like the second corner, he came, like he tried to take me up. He'd already put us in like fifth and sixth at this point. So then I was working my way back through the field and then like, it was really, yeah, he, he made a move on me in the second corner. So then that, that like rubbed salt in the wounds because he'd already made me get a shit start. Oh, he made, he made me get a shit first straight and it was a mate for a European round. I was like, I should not be doing this. I should be like winning this lap, you know? But yeah. And then when it was in the semi, yeah, he was in third and I was in fourth and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it and I popped him. <laughs> popped him. <laughs> and I popped him. That's fucking I awesome. I popped him and guess, I, I guess, I guess what? I guess, I guess what? Oh it my God, good. his ass now. <laughs> Must have felt fucking incredible. Yep. Oh, it felt it felt so satisfying. Like, I think really at that moment in time, if I'd got passed and got went out as well, if I got passed and went out, I would have still been satisfied. <laughs> actually, I, awesome. actually, actually, I've actually got, I stayed at PHs that, that weekend. I stayed at PHs that whole week. Like I stayed at PHs for like five weeks on my own and like PH came to the race with me and he wasn't my coach at the time. He'd not been my, like he'd retired from being, he'd left BC and I went to just see him to be on holiday kind of well not on holiday I just went to him because I needed to get away from British Cycling needed to be in France so I was just doing a bit of training and PH was cool enough to just let me stay at his place and uh, I stayed in his place and when I got back from the semi-final he was like man Kev that was some nice work you did <laughs> like, <"Yeah." laughs> that sounds fucking exactly <laughs> like, like him too like, I don't think he ever expected it to You'd be like, oh, that was a good one, huh? That was a good one. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> yeah, he always says that. That's a good yeah. one, huh? And then, like, I don't think... I don't, I don't think he said it at that moment in time, but he said it so many times when he coached me. But he would always go... He'd always eventually come up and, like, if you got him, like, you could get him or he'd get you, he'd always go, ha one point to give. <laughs> one point. As in, like, one nil. Like, that would have been his best response. That would have been his best response. Like, one nil to give. <laughs> oh, James. Oh, on that note, James, let's, let's, play the new, uh, let's play the segment with Kev on that note. What do you say? All right, we can do that. Should we, should we pick the three or should we just ask first? Should I ask a question to give us the three? Yeah, let, let's, cho- let's, let's do the three we chatted about before. Who do we chat about? No, no, not not the person. Like, the, let's do the, the three. Game? Yeah, let's do the game. All right, all right. Should I? I gotta ask Kev then. Who is who? The three closest is he's our. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, Kev on the t- on the British team. Who do you think are the three people you were closest with? Closest in take, like performance. 
Performance just, or friendship? No, uh, friendship. Uh, Trey's number one. Liam's number two. Um, Grant was probably number three. Wow, those were three very quickly ranked individuals. You have a list like laminated or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like, I mean... Like it's just, need- pretty, like, I mean, that's, that's simple for me. Like I said at the start, right, like yeah, Trey, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Me, me, like me, and, me, me and Trey kind of, we did the whole program thing together. You know, like we came from, we came from similar. All right, Kyle, it's not fucking family. story time right now. We just, we just, we just <laughs> okay. need a quick question. So is, is it, oh, is this like, is this, is this <laughs> yeah, quick yeah. shot? Yeah, this no, quick no, no, shot? it's not no, quick no. shots. It's a new, it's a new game we thought of. Yeah, it's a new game. So I'm just going to throw the third question. Well, okay. Well, you what know the game? game this is? What a shit you know- game. <laughs> you haven't played it yet, so just shut the fuck up and listen, Kyle. <laughs> Yo, I've pl- I played the first question, and I don't like it. Shit. That was, that was a setup question, because yeah, I didn't yeah, know okay. who to choose. Now, but now, now. We'll, okay. now we'll play the fun game. Okay. Do, oh, you know, okay. do you know the game Fuck One, Marry One, Kill One? Yes. We're not playing. We're we're not- not- this is a similar game based off that put yeah. into a BMX version. So we're going to play... Cut one off. Yeah, I'm not, take, uh, take yeah, I'm not doing that with Liam. Yeah, yeah. We Cut are. one off, take one out, and uh, beat them straight up. Right. So uh, we got to so throw Liam cut. in there. I mean, Liam's just going to be part of it. So your three options to pick for are Liam, Trey, and Big Q. Okay, so Big Q. Okay, here we go. And I've got to what? Cut one off, so blast cut. one over the turn. Straight up. And then one. just beat one straight up. Yeah. Well, I'm... Definitely, definitely blasting Quillen over a turn because I've done that once. Be- I've done that once before, and the reaction I got from him was the best. It's still spoken oh about God today. Oh my God, his ass now! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, got his ass. But I mean, like that guy, like he's like a baby when he rolls on the floor. He's like, he's the, he's the softest, biggest. Like, I mean, you've seen the guy, haven't you? He's like probably weighing in at like hundred kilos these days. He's like the Black Hercules. But he's a soft, heavy, <laughs> cuddly burr. It's like ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd blast Quillen over the turn. I'd blast Quillen over a turn. I'd cut LP off because that would really piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> I'd cut LP off. Uh, how fun would I, that I, be? I, just, just cut, just chop LP. That god, that'd be satisfying, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, like, I mean, to be fair, like you know, in 2016 at the World Cup when we got one and two. Like Liam got super upset because I beat his hilltop. Yeah. Like in the main, in the main, I was the fastest to the bottom of the hill. And other than that, like Liam had like everything that weekend was like a perfect straight record for him. He was like, yeah, PB lap. I was the fastest to the bottom of the hill. I was fastest to the first corner, but I beat his third hilltop. And he was just so pissed off. Like even even like years afterwards, he was like, we'd talk about that race, and he'd be like, yeah. Still pisses me off to this day, Kev. So yeah, but no, I definitely, I definitely cut Liam off. So you straight up, and you straight up beat Trey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So same game, but anyone. Okay, okay. Oh, this is fantastic! Right then, (laughs) let's fantastic. Let's let's think about this, boys, because this is this could be really cool. I have to sit down and bake some popcorn. This one's gonna be fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah oh I got his ass now <laughs> um, oh my god his ass right. now yeah can, you, mean, can you guys hear the drop yeah the drop. it comes in slowly yeah okay yeah like can you hear this Kyle oh my god his ass now <laughs> did you hear that oh yeah 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 I okay. thought that was you well it is me but it's a recording <laughs> it's a recording 
Oh, okay. I thought you just kept saying it. No, the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I've been James, James just that, keeps like. James just keeps saying this. Are you shitting me? <laughs> hey, I like, I like it. You, you boys are uh, really going up in the world. Oh, we're You've fucking got, like, high tech, little... bro. You should listen more yeah. often. We got good stuff going on <laughs> yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I'll start listening again once I feel like my my racing mojo's back. But All for right. the minute, it's, All right. it's hung up. But straight up, so beat one. Straight up, beat one. Cut one off and take one out. So let's start with take one out. Who would you fucking clean out if you could? Anyone. <laughs> Uh, can it be any, can it be does it have to be someone in BMX right now or just anybody ever? well I mean you, you can't say I mean yeah it has to be someone in BMX you're not going to cut off fucking Serena Williams or someone like she's a race BMX <laughs> no 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 I mean I mean no I meant like current like still in the sport now or like retired can it be anyone oh, okay. retired? sure anyone yeah yeah I would have loved I would have loved to have like blasted Kaylin Young over a turn. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Because I imagine like, I'm sure that that guy would have been so fired up, but then afterwards he would have been like, fucking shit, hard move, dude. Like, I fucking, like he, would have re- he would have respected it <laughs> he so would, He would have been like, you, you want to trade jerseys? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. So I feel like KY would probably be just such an amped up guy because I feel like as well he'd probably be like right up in your face. You know what I mean? He'd like the typical Joris moment, maybe. I don't know. All time. But yeah, all time moment. Like the, but like, yeah, like I feel like KY has got to be one. Like if you pop him over a turn, because that guy as well, like he went around turns and he did not want to move. Like when he was going around a turn, he was on his line and he was sticking to it like a bowling ball. And then cut off, all time cut off would be. It's got to be graph. Got to be graph. Mm-hmm. I get so much satisfaction from cutting that guy off over the years. <laughs> like it never got old. It never got old. Like, like it genuinely didn't. Like if we ever got in a race together, it was like okay, it's me and graph. And graph was like, obviously, graph is like he's. He's a legit dude. Like, I rated Graf a lot. I was like, he's, like, I respected him, thought he was a legit dude. And then, like, if we ever got on the skate, I was always like, right, okay, now it's go time. So every time I cut him off, I used to get so much satisfaction from that because I just knew in his helmet, he was probably like, no, he's on 185 cranks and a 4416 gear in and, like, just, like, destroying himself um, with the be? numbers. So then who'd you beat straight up? Straight up beat. It's got to be Sam, on it? Yeah. Sam, I am. Yeah. Sam will have been like, like yeah. if you beat Sam, like, pff, come on, man. Like, pff, fuck. Like that guy was, a, yeah, ridiculous, man. So yeah. if you beat Sam straight up, yeah, I'd be like, I'd have a total herd on. I'd yeah. be walking around the pits, like solid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think, do you think Sam's probably one of the most well-rounded athletes, like racers? Who do you think is the most well-rounded in our sport? The best. Sam, Sam is like Sam was pro- yeah I would say like so Sam too. Sam is the most like everything about that guy he's the most like like he was so gifted on his bike like I tell you one thing that super stands out and I remember me and Grant White having a conversation at it afterwards after the event about it but I can't remember what, I think it was Chula Vista World Cup or it could have been Chula Vista World Cup on the old Rio replica and Sam like just blitzed everyone from start to finish and he came over the line and he was like across the line 
he, he was sat down on the BMX at like full tilt and took both hands off and was like, woo. And I was like, it's something so small, but like, have you guys ever gone full tilt after like, think about it. Like you go full tilt after a full day of racing, come down the last straight. You just won a world cup. You're going full tilt, probably tired as shit. And the ability to still like take off your hands and not crash. Like, while sitting down, clipped in, like just that alone, I was kind of like, the guy's got idiotic bike skill, like and <laughs> control. Like his core, his core must have been super tight to keep that bike up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and he just everything about him, his efficiency, you know, his efficiency, his consistency, his bike skill. Like, yeah, I mean, he's like, if you want to, if you want a model to roll yourself on and to be like the best BMX racer. Sam, Sam, in my eyes, is potentially, is potentially like he's the one. You know, there's yeah. there's small there's a small argument to say. You know, your Cal Bennett, your Joris today, and your who else? Pretty different styles. Like they're all pretty different styles, though. Too. Completely different. Completely different. Completely different styles, but all in their own right have that ability to kind of come under that. Then, oh, and Stromy. Stromy comes under that bracket for me as well. But, it's like, because there's a full package. But yeah, Sam could like, especially, he came from behind a lot, like sneakily a lot. Like I remember the first year of the Worlds were in Zolder. What was it? Uh, in 15. He like, we we're in the same quarter, I think. And I think he, he, fuck, he fucked up the gate and he, he had a bad start or something. He was back in seventh and he f- just hammered through and ended up like third or fourth of the line and made it through and ended up almost winning the day. Like he would... Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times at World Cups in like an earlier round, he might like have a bad start and have to come from last. And he would often make it back into top four, which you got to be really complete to do, especially at a World Cup in a later round when it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, f- yeah, for sure. Like Sam, Sam was legit, like ridiculously at most stuff that he did. Like that guy could genuinely, he could come from the back and he could whole shot a race and just like sail away with it. And it's like, okay, his ability to be able to still... The thing that used to impress me the most, like Sam would almost go the same speed when he was in the front of the race as if he was in mid-pack or at the back, you know? Like it was almost like he never even, like his mind, his process of being able to look at, come out the first corner in fifth or sixth after having a bad start or whatever it was, look forward and go, yes, there's like that's where the pass is going to happen. And then just commit to that. And then boom, the pass happens and go. Like his vision is yeah like there's not many people that have that like i feel like sylvan has similar vision you know sylvan can come out of corners look about like look forward and kind of go okay there's four guys in front of me and i think i'm 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 confident i'm faster than two of them going down this straight and i'm going to pass them here and here and then it just happens you know he makes it happen and it's like wow that's impressive yeah yeah, it's crazy. For someone like him, I always found it impressive that like someone who's so used to being at the front still has that in his back pocket if he ever needs it. Like there's our obviously there's riders that like Carlos. He often is in a pack making moves. It's just constant for him, I'd say. But then you know yeah. you don't really associate Sam as much with being a pack rider. You, you associate him with the guy who's just all out fast. He fucking wins the race from the start. But those times that yeah. he has been in the pack and he gets out of it, it just looks like he's a natural at it. Like it's just no big deal. Yeah, it's like they sharpen yeah. the tools, isn't it? Like they've got sharp tools to use. Yeah. Like Carlos, Carlos is constantly sharpening the tool of being mid-pack and still making it through to the front. 
Whereas mm-hmm. like Sam had it, Sam had it both. Like it's arguable, arguable. That well, it's not arguable. I mean, Sam, I mean, like look at Liam. Liam once he was in front, it's pretty hard to pass. You know, he was going to mm-hmm. win if he was if he was in front. He was going to win. As soon as he's in fourth or fifth or sixth, you could pretty much guarantee he wouldn't get back through the pack mm-hmm. and win the race. You know, mm-hmm. he'd probably go out like if he came out, if whatever reason he came out the first turn in fifth or sixth, then he's probably going to get fifth or sixth on the way home. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's no disrespect to it. That's no disrespect yeah. to him. No, just different you know, styles. Like, like, like Liam was just really dominant like, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Liam's mindset was just ridiculously dominant. Where like Liam never doubted himself when he got on the gate. He was like, I'm winning this race. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably why like, like Liam, the, re- the reason Liam never, never pulled through the pack was because he probably froze in that moment, you know, cause it didn't go to plan and he was in like fifth or sixth. He probably looked on the race and was like, oh shit, I'm fifth or sixth and kind of was like, Ugh. right, okay, I'm out, you know, I'm out, yeah. like, because he's just not, like, in his head, he's not used to that. Whereas, like, yeah, but then as soon as he was in front, it was like, see ya, you know, yeah. come and catch me if yeah. you can. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, yeah. uh, what do you think about the Olympics this summer, Kyle? Who do you, uh, who do you like to medal? Who do I like to medal? I mean, there's obviously a bunch of guys, but anyone stand out to you that you think will, yeah, I don't know. Anyone stand out to you? I I I I tell you who I really, really would like to medal. And I don't know whether I'm being biased just because we've become really good friends over the, you know, past four, four years, like, yeah, three, four years. Sam and Marquardt, you know, and and as well, I think as well, I've seen that guy work hard. Sneaky good pick. I I went to Washington. I went to Australia with him and I saw how hard he worked, you know, and then like I got to know him and got to know his story and yeah, just kind of like kind of built that little bit of a kind of bromance up, I guess. And I just think to myself, you know what, like that guy's kind of, I feel like he's always been on like the back foot, you know, Graf's been the leader, Graf's been the team leader of like Switzerland, getting the results and being a fast guy and, and he deserves all that. And then kind of like Renault is like the super skillful bike rider you know, and not taking anything away from Renault, but like he's, you know, he is like bike skill wise. Personally, I only think like really, like in my opinion, bike skill wise, Paddy Sharrock's the best rider in the world. Mm, actually, Corbin Shara, then mm. Paddy Sharrock. But like Paddy Sharrock is up there and Corbin, and then, um, yeah, Renault. Bloody, uh, what's his? Renault, there we go. I went when my mom went back. Renault is right up there with him. So then it's kind of like, you know, Renault always relies on his natural talent and Graf relies on his hard work and, and they both achieve good things. And then, like, I feel like Simon's just been playing catch up his whole career. You know, like, he just wanted to be within that team and wanted to be one of those front running guys and just couldn't quite get there until very recently. And then, you know, for the past yeah, three, four years, he started to really show some some good form and and, and dominance and, and certainly some mental mental capacity that's going to allow him to go and achieve good success at the Olympics. So so I hope that he would. I'm, I'm hoping that he'd be in the main and, and hopefully get a final. Um, who else? I mean, of course, I'd like to say Kai. You know, I, I have to say Kai purely because he's GB and I'd love to. I'd, the amount that he would do for the sport within the UK is fantastic. You know, I think that's, that's, that's that'd be mega. Um, although his head would probably fall off his shoulders. Uh, <laughs> but other than, yeah. other than that, yeah, like who would I really like to see do well? 
Who would I really like to see do well? Who do you ex- who do you expect to see on the podium? Even if you you know not one of your guys, but who do you expect to see? Okay, who do I expect to see? I think if I'm going if I'm gonna put the safest bet out there, Sylvan. Mm. I expect Sylvan Safe to be one. on the thing. Yeah. And again, like I've spent I've, I've 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 spent a lot of time with Sylvan. And like I love that guy. You know, me and Sylvan get on like a house on fire. Um yeah, he's super cool and I just think, yeah, like Sylvan just I think and I'm not sure if Sylvan's even planning on retiring after this, but I think even if he like if he is or he isn't, I think it'd just be super cool to like have that on his C V and his BMX career, yeah. you know, he's like junior world champ, elite world champ, won World Cups, you know, then have an Olympic medal on his on his tally, it'd just be like, Yeah, it it'd set him up as probably one of the all time best that we've ever had within the sport, you know, it puts him up on that list. So mm-hmm. Sylvan, Sylvan I expected to to be on the podium. Um, I think uh, you know, I, I, I think I think and I think like I kind of expecting I'm, I'm expecting big things from Anthony Anthony Dean interesting Dean. interesting pick we, me and James were talking about this before like we haven't <laughs> no one's seen him so he's been he's been super yeah, yeah. quiet on so he's been super quiet on he could be low key then, he'll be low key fast as balls there for sure um, I mean the guy the guy the guy's fast as balls 24-7 yeah. anyway like mm, yeah, sure. like I mean me and me, me, me and Anthony used to like shush me and Anthony, every time we used to um, get on the gate at World Cups, like we pretty much would always do practice together and always line up and kind of like do some starts together. And, you know, and I guess like really, I used to always think if I'm next to Anthony, then yeah, I'm going all right, you know. And I, yeah. I'd like to think, I'd like to think there's been a few World Cups where I've been, you know, I've had him in my, I've had him in my pocket and he's been, he's been the same, you know. Mm-hmm. He's been exactly the same where he's probably thought, yeah, I'm going super well because, you know, Carl's going really well and it's probably giving him some confidence. So, yeah, I think Anthony's been off the scene for a little while and I think for sure. I mean, he's got Sam as his coach, hasn't he? He's got Sam as his coach and Sam's been there, done it. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Anthony's you know. already been in an Olympic final too, so he knows the process. Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's, been there, he's been there now and he's felt disappointment. And like I said to you earlier, that... Like you know, you can have all the enthusiasm in the world, but without the experience, you're not you're not gonna you, you can't like sometimes experience draw like you have to draw on experience to to achieve what you want to achieve. It's like the stepping stone to the success, and and I feel like Anthony now has got every tool in his in his tool bag to just be able to draw. He's got the experience, he's got the speed, you know, he's got the mindset like everything like the, the stars are aligning aren't they, for Anthony the stars are aligning and you know I, I expect probably expect to see him on the podium yeah I see I could definitely see it going like black and white two ways meaning the <laughs> yeah. one way I could see him just going out he's put all his work in he goes and wins every lap wins it routine just business as usual or it's the opposite where he's done all this work he's great but he has hasn't been racing has a racing incident that just comes into play from not being riding for racing for like over a year now and it just goes out and it's just like what just happened i was thinking just like that i was thinking about olympic picks i think i think connor has got the best shot at winning i like connor to win oh see i like i really like like connor to win i i if i if i had to bet on someone to win i'd bet on connor i i don't disagree with it 
I don't disagree. Dude, he is like, he is ramping up I'm, right now. He is going to be fast as fuck. He's done it before. He has the mentals to do it. I think he, I think he almost he, wins. He still, I think if he doesn't win every lap, he's close to winning every lap. Right. I mean, like obviously, I'm a little bit out of it. I've not seen. I'm not really seeing anything. I mean, obviously, mad again, mad respect for Connor because he's like a appreciate how good that guy is on his bike and he can come from out, out the, in the pack as well and mm-hmm. you know there's everything everything does everything does point in that direction of like Connor being a safe bet but for some reason just like deep in my gut I'm just kind of like mm, nah I just don't I don't know I just don't have a huge huge like, you know I just don't have that feeling so I'm just going to kind of put it out there as like okay you know I completely agree with you he, he could go out and win every lap and I think if he did that yeah, hats off. I mean, I'd be, yeah. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be standing ovation. You know, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, be, I'd, be, I'd probably be the first guy in his DMs, fucking fanboying him. You know, wanting to smoke him off. Like, you know, it'd be super cool to see. But yeah, like, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like, yeah, no. Like, I feel like what I've said is kind of like I hope Connor doesn't listen and think, God, that Carl's a dick. But you know, like, yeah. Like I just, I just, I don't know. It's, I think it's like, I just think as well, logically, I look and I'm like, okay, you know, Maris won two Olympics in a row. Like how, how likely is that to happen? Especially within the sport of BMX. Yeah. You know, so like Connor won last time. How likely is it that he's going to win another, you know, within, when, when you've got, you know, you've got at the moment, you've got literally what, let's say, I mean, at the Olympics, obviously it's a little bit more, uh, dumbed down a little bit now because of all the Olympic qualification and qualifying spots. But let's be let's be realistic. At a World Cup, you've got like 200 guys, 200 plus guys turning up at a World Cup, and like 50 of those guys can all be in the main. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, and 50 of those guys can all be in the main, and then like out of 50 of those guys, let's say like 20 of those guys can all win the main. You know, yeah. it's like like I've got I've got a good solid chance of winning the main. So it's like. Pfft, like, like if Connor was to come through all that and then become double Olympic champ, like hats off. Yeah, hats no off. I think he's, I I can agree with it. I can get on board with that just because I think he's good at. He knows now that you don't have to be perfect all day to win the final and become mm-hmm. Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. Like he's a big believer in that. I think, and I think that's that seems to be a trend in the past Olympics. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like. People have, have it going all day long, and then come the final, it's a different race. It's a different ball game. One here, a fun fact I, just, I just realized. Sure. Wait, let me think. Yep. So, <laughs> no guy has won the Olympic final from lane one. Which is so crazy, yeah. because everyone who, everyone who gets first pick always goes. No, yep. that's wrong. That's wrong. Maris didn't Maris won. Okay. Yes, he did. He okay. won in Beijing. Never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, Other Maris won lane one in Beijing. So, <laughs> one out of the three times. That's, yeah. What that's, an idiot. that's what I was thinking about. So, one out of three times, yeah. Boy, did I look bad <laughs> in that stat. <laughs> yeah, but... Boy, do you, I was boy, just thinking you about like yeah, yeah I was thinking <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> that's fine that's but kind like of those, still but, but go on sorry that's kind of one of those things though like, like that's what I was saying too it's like you don't just because you're in lane one doesn't mean you just have it wrapped up like a lot of times you're in a groove you get to the main you're in lane one you're like you just it's routine you just click them off I don't know why it just seems like a different ball game once you get to the final of that, that race it's a, yeah it's a different it's a diff, bit of a different animal the Osho yeah compared to a world cup mm-hmm. or anything 
Yeah, the Osho, the Osho is a savage beast. It's a savage beast. She's it a fickle mistress, isn't she? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you speak to Joris, and Joris, like, I mean, I remember speaking to Joris in 2016, and he hates the Olympics. I don't know if his mind's changed right now, but, you know, like, he he was quite open and honest in saying, like, he hates the Olympics. Why? You know, I think, I think just that one word, Olympics, like the Osho, you know, like the guy can go and win any race he chooses he wants to win. But I think at the moment, the Osho has kind of eluded him for two tries. Is it two tries? 12? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't 12. made... Did he go to yeah. yeah, he didn't make a 12, final. 12 and 16, he didn't make so a final kinda... yet either, which I would think would change this year. But yeah, he last two Olympics, he didn't make the final either. Yeah, exactly that. So I feel like, you know, the, the, the Osho eludes him and for him, he's kind of like, oh, you know, he's probably, that's, that's probably maybe potentially playing on his mind a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, it's like... Because anywhere at any other time, you'd have Joris down for the win, you know. Yeah. But he's he's gunning in for the win. Totally, yeah. So did you uh, did you guys yeah. see like I think? Um, but then I did there just was this last thing else to say, but it's, it's okay if you do if you can remember. Yeah, I'll remember. All right, <laughs> go for it. James. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I guess there was this last uh, Olympics too that I didn't realize, <laughs> but there's like there's you're able to bet on the races. And bet on people. And I saw in uh, Coach G's uh, Instagram, he posted some screenshots of like what the uh, the odds are. And Connor, I think, is uh, number one at plus four hundred. Would you take it? Yeah, I don't know. we don't know. We don't really know gambling. Like I, I don't really know betting, but like I think yeah. plus four hundred means you put a hundred bucks down, you win four hundred. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Is it like, okay. So he's four to plus one. Four. four to one odds, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's four to one on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's accurate. How about? Uh, I mean, the last, Dino, the last. I wouldn't Dino pick a plus twenty five hundred. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Dino to win. Not that's a plus twenty five hundred. That's why he's twenty five to one. Well, you might as well put down ten bucks because then you'll win two hundred fifty bucks if he wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, like, you could sit here all day and name guys and name guys, and I'm just like... Honestly, it's whoever's going to yeah, show like, up there and, like, and ride I, well. I, I genuinely... Yeah, it's like, simply, like, I mean, pretty much at any BMX race, you know, at the moment for the past few years, is like, it doesn't matter who's the fastest going into the race. Like, we're talking about Dino, and we're like, yeah, he's been quiet. He's probably going to turn up super, super fast. Like, you could turn up and be like, let's be straight. The fastest guy normally doesn't win. You could get cleaned out the first yeah, semi, true. start with eight points in the semifinal, and then get fourth the next one, and then second, and not make it. True. It doesn't, true. you know, like it's so yeah. easily something like that could yeah, happen. Yeah, like it just, I will generally, it just doesn't happen. Generally, though, like, always happen. Uh, I was going to say at the Olympics with three semifinals, yeah. you usually get the best four guys out of each semi because you can have one bad lap and two good ones and still usually make it through. So generally, I would say the main usually has the best guys in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it kind of takes the one bad lap out. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It does help. It does help a lot. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, we can get into some quick shots, I guess. I was going to ask uh, yeah. you guys, boys, you guys uh, see the Euros, Euro champs that went down on the weekend? Yeah. Pills, yeah, not, not surprised. Not surprised Pills won. Not only a little. I, you know, I'm actually really happy for him because he. Uh, yeah, I mean, he all shot at the World Cup and didn't, and didn't end up winning and stuff, and he's been so fast this year. It's cool that he won, like, a 
like a really big title. I think it's really well. He won, he won a major. Yeah, it's cool. That's really well deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool to see. I mean, I mean, I'm glad he. I'm glad he won it because yeah, I got accused by his mother once. Um, oh no! Oh no! His mo- oh no! His mo- <laughs> oh no! <laughs> his, his mother, his mother came up to me at Khan Indoor one year and said that I'd ruined his career because wow. the guy. Yeah, yeah, I know, savage, huh? But yeah, like oh, literally. Well, how like, did you ruin his career? So I was in like first moto in Cannes with Cannes Indoor, like winter race first moto on the second day or maybe even the first day but I'm certain it was the second day um, no maybe it was the first yeah, either way one of the days literally first moto he was in like lane one I was in four or three like boom got out came across nicely didn't even touch like didn't even touch the guy left him loads of space on the inside it's first moto like I'm, I don't care that much the guy just like was super enthusiastic coming at 110 mile an hour <laughs> off the inside like landed into the triple into turn one on a dirt corner tried to turn tight as fuck spat himself over the bars snapped his collarbone and then his mum told me that I ruined his career I was like well that's so that's, get that's more than a bit dramatic like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, because like, get out of here! I was like, okay, like, yeah, the guy crashed like by his own mistake. I didn't yeah. touch him at all. I didn't yeah. touch him at all. Like, you well, know, he'll be riding he in like to... he'll be riding in five or six weeks later after a broken collarbone. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I didn't ruin his career, and he won a big. He won a he won a major after <laughs> after, after after me ruining his career. Defied so, yeah. all odds after that Khan indoor crash. <laughs> Oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh, oh, like crazy, crazy, yeah. huh? Crazy. Yeah. What did you guys, what did you get? Sorry, Kev, go. I was just going to say, I was surprised I didn't get booed. <laughs> French, French crowd love a boo. Fuck you, Kev. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bouche ton <laughs> What did you guys think of the under 23 class having a, a uh, official championship for that? Not cool, man. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's lame. Not, it's lame. It's not. It's not. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. Like I think, it, like I don't know how they would manage it, but for me, it's like okay. There's a lot of guys there. There's a lot of guys there, and I don't really want to mention names, but I feel like I kind of have to. But like I look at like guys like Stefan Heel, you know, mm-hmm. like that that guy's been to Manchester and done like five free starts, five free starts, like. That proves, you know, five free starts and good lap times. That proves he's more than capable to go to World Cups and, you know, be on, be on, you know, be in the compete at the top level for finals, competing in semis and finals. Like, there should be no reason why he can't. So, for like me to, like, for me to see him, such a guy that I kind of, you know, I guess, again, I actually respect him. You know, I respect how fast that kid is. And I'm like, okay, he's super, super fast. Like, go out there and do it for yourself. You know, like, Mm -hmm. go out and prove prove to yourself that you, you know, you've raced elite, like, probably 20 times nowadays. You know, he's probably raced 20 elite races in the elite men category. Has he got the the result that he wanted? Possibly not, you know. And and apologize to, to Stefan Hill for kind of calling him out right now because I'm kind of getting on his case I guess but but like I'm just kind of using him as the example because there's more than than just him and it's like these guys have raced elite races and gained elite experience 
I feel like that class needs to be somewhat, somewhat regulated in a way where like junior guys stepping up into the elite class can bridge that gap. Yeah. Not guys that not not guys that have done, you know, fifty and ten, fifty and twenty elite races around the world, whether that's, you know, World Cups, European rounds, like, yeah. And so I'm I'm not I'm not convinced by it. I, agree. I don't think we're gonna yeah, pro- yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're gonna progress that way. I think I think for World Cups it's a good idea, but I wouldn't do it under twenty three. I think I would do like under twenty one for it. So you have a couple of years. Like if you're under twenty one, you're junior or your first or second or third year elite, you can do that. But I think like yeah. at European championships, I think you just go junior and elite. Because like also like on the women's side, Veneta, the Latvian woman, she's like really fast. And so I think she raced the U23 class when really, like I, in my opinion, she should be racing the elite class. Like she's gone to the Olympics too. So yeah, why she's you race- the Olympics, but yeah, she she's like, she's legit fast. Like oh a, she, yeah. She should be racing the yeah, elite. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, she should be racing really the elite think, class. I didn't like, really think about that. Like why? Yeah. I wonder why she raced the U23. Maybe she just thought, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll race the U23. But she's legit and an Olympian now. Like she should be in the elite women class in, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just that's just dawned on me. Like, yeah, she's going to the Olympics, isn't it? I feel I feel especially now that you've qualified for the Olympics, it should be almost even more so of like a no go. If you're an yeah. Olympian, you should yeah. not be allowed to race in the U23 like, class. Like, it, like if you're if, if you're if you're going to race the Olympics, <laughs> no in, yeah. in 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 five weeks' time, like surely you should you shouldn't be able to to do that. Yeah, like surely, so if you if you've qualified yourself to go to the Olympics, surely that's enough to warrant you being well. In theory, qualifying for the Olympics means you're the best 32 in the world that have qualified yourself for your nation to compete at, at the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think it's weird. I so I did hear um, like someone like we saw Sumo Nakaya. He raced the U23 class in in Bogota, and I heard he not did it because of it, but he made a lot of money racing in the U23 class because he just he cleaned up. Like he's one of those guys who's raced World Cups in elite class and been been competitive, I'd say. And he went and cleaned up in the U23, made a boatload of money. Do you think he should stick with it and just do it for the money, or would you just tell him move up to to the the, the main class? Uh, I mean, it's a tough one, hey. Like, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, I'd like to probably say. I mean, from it, like, and I don't really know enough about him, but from the outside looking in, like, the kid seems like he's got a boatload of sponsors. You know, he's at all the races, so he can't be short of, he can't be short of a book of two. So, you know, like, and he's been, he's been, like, he's been around since being such a young kid. You know, he's been going to all these races as amateur and then through to junior and then through to elite. It's not like a kid that's just appeared on the scene, you know, yeah. almost like a, you know, a, not like a, but yeah, what's the Argentinian guy's name? The super super tight line one. He takes super oh, lines in the film. The black line. Torres, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, like that <laughs> kid. Like it's not it's, it's not like him, you know, he just turned up and kind of like started killing it. It's like, you know, he's I don't know. I guess I, I guess it I guess it's what what does he truly want? He he might be looking at it in the sense of, you know what, he's like, right, Yoshi's going to the games, I'm not going to the games. That's kind of my chance, so I may as well just go and make some money for right mm-hmm. now and make as much money as possible and enjoy and enjoy the rewards that he can he can enjoy with that money, you know, whether it's you know buy a house, buy a new car, whatever he wants to do, put it in the bank, yeah, like he can go and enjoy that, but then still with the mindset of right okay, I'm getting some racing experience, and I'll just go for the next Olympics. 
Fair. Yeah, because he might be looking at his, he might, he might, he might be looking at his his opportunities gone. You know, his opportunity for the going to the Olympics is gone. So he he might be looking at it in that sense. But then on the other sense, if he's kind of saying, oh, you know, he might be like, if he's saying, no, it's not about the money. It's purely about my development and stuff like that. Then I'd probably argue with him that that's probably not the best for his development. Yeah. You know, if you if you want if you want to be the best, you've got to race against the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was also, like, in that same sense, I was surprised. Like, I think it's awesome that he won, but Cedric Booty, that dude is so fucking fast. He's competitive in the elite class, too, and he was racing U23. Like, one of the guys, it's like, yeah, would have loved to see him race in the elite class, but, I, like, I can't take anything away from him wanting to go win a Euro as a U23. Honestly, though, what also, too, like, I wonder if, like, the federations at some point are probably telling these guys to race U23 because it looks good for a federation if they have like a U23 European champion, like funding wise and stuff. Yeah. So they might be getting, actually, they might yeah, be getting yeah. some pressure from the federation to do it too. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, like it wouldn't surprise me if British Cycling turned around and did that. You Dude, know, Cycling like Canada would love to do that too. Like if we had a ringer that was under 23, they'd be like, yo, race to U23 and, and like it'd be big if you might meddled. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. They, exactly yeah. that. Because all, all these all these nations are going to promote it as a European champ, and then right at the end of the, the exactly. sentence, they're going to throw U twenty three, just in like little <laughs> tiny writing, and the people aren't going to see that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bigger deal to win, like for because you know, like federation stuff, it's all what, on paper what you can present. So presenting a U twenty three European champion is better than saying like seventh or something, you know, in like a elite men or a semifinal or whatever in elite men class, even though it's much harder and actually a bigger accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Alrighty. I mean, I mean, I feel like we've been on the phone for so long, but we've not really scratched the surface with any of the stuff. Well, that's like, like every podcast. We could just talk for fucking like, a week about it's, everything. It's, it's so it's so disappointing because like I I don't know like I like I love listening to all the motocross ones and stuff and like. Like I like the Gypsy Tales, I love the Pulp, and like I listen to some of those sometimes, and I think sometimes they just cut through the bullshit so much, just get straight so deep into it, end up having like a three-hour podcast, and then when you get to the end, you kind of like, yeah, they just talk shit for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. I, I, I didn't really learn anything, you know. Yeah, but people get to know the real Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Here, hopefully, okay, yeah, I don't know. We got some quick shots, but I'll give this here. Here's a clause. We don't have to do the quick shots today. If there's some kind of beef that you've had with GB that you've been ready to like kind of hash out, spill the beans, let people know. Is there, because it seems like, I mean, you haven't said like there's anything wrong with it, but is there stuff behind the scenes that we're not seeing? I mean, it, like this is the thing. It's like how, how he signed it. He, here's the thing: Kyle how, signed a non-disclosure, so he can't say anything. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> we don't want We're not here to just. Yeah, bash we don't want to get. We're gonna get. Kyle's gonna be subpoenaed if he talks on here, so we need to be <laughs> yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk on this show, and then literally, like the the performance director is gonna play that exact that, that exact <laughs> in his court hearing. Play, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! We got his ass now. <laughs> Like, but no, like there, there is, oh, I guess there is, there is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so good. Oh, I love fuck. that. I love that. But yeah, um, yeah, like I mean, there is beef for sure. There's beef there. There's definitely some form of like you know bitter taste in my mouth from different elements of it. But on the whole, it's kind of you know, I mean, I I, I think a lot of you guys see it. 
anywhere you know i think you a lot of you guys see it in the bmx world because i think people people originally on the outside are like british cycling are this amazing wonderful thing and it's like you know we're so elite and we do all this right things but really like we're just a poor team trying to get by on on you know hitchhiking on the back of the success of of, of road riders and velodrome riders and we just get kicked to the curb like at the end of the day it's you know it's it's a rough it's a rough, it's not it's not the nicest it's not the nicest environment to be involved in i mean like if we want to go if we want to go like without like the quickest way to do it i guess like you know there's i could probably mention at least i guess i bet there is i bet bet you any money this this screams volumes for the for the the environment of what british cycling is and 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 involves you know since i've been on the team i reckon i've probably seen around you know 20 to 30 staff members leave you know and leave not mm. because like not because they wanted new challenge leave because they felt they had to you know like mm, wow you know, like, especially after 2016 Olympics, like after 2016 Olympics, there was probably like 15 guys just go within 12, 12 months to two years, staff members. And it's like, okay, oh. that, that, that's not, that's not a coincidence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It really, that really is a coincidence. And, and to be in that, to be in that building, like that's one of the reasons I left. It was a drain, you know, it was, it was an absolute drain oh. upon my performance. And, and I genuinely didn't feel like I would ever get any better remaining on that program i could see that i see you getting so, stuck in that rut and so it, it's, it's so it depends like if, if you want to get like we could potentially get into a little bit of it but then i feel like there's no end to it you know it's just a good similar to like similar to a lot of federations i think there's a lot of corruption mm-hmm. you know it's all a bit it's all based like at the end of the day the world's run by middle class schoolboys, mm-hmm. and and as soon as money's involved, the money's the biggest corruption of anything. As yeah. soon as money's involved, like corruption comes with it, and I've, you know, like yeah. like well, let's be let's be realistic. Like there's a reason, you know, like like I said, like the shady things that go on within that place and within that building, and like I'm not necessarily talking anything within BMX now. You know, I'm just talking in general. Like look at look at like look at the velodrome guys. They go to every world champs. They get their ass handed to them every single year. You know, maybe one or two good performances, but then they go to the Olympics and they win all these medals. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Like, you tell us, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. Like, I don't want to throw anything out there. Well, they don't just fucking win. They set, like, world record after world record, which is unbelievable. Okay, okay, okay. I like, oh, well, I'm actually quite interested right now to just hear your two thoughts about it. Like, why, like can, you, can you guys give me a reason? Why, why do you think they win? Why, why do you think that's potentially a possibility of why they go and set new world records? They go and all this. Like, what is it? There's two options, Kyle. And there's two options. Uh-huh. Option one. 100% everything is geared to the Olympics and then they have just the most unbelievable buildup and peak and just light the world on fire every four years, which is possible, but that's tough. Is Like, how can the prep be that much better? Like, that's, it's remarkable that, like, the prep could be that much better, that much better than the other countries or option two, they're not clean. Those are the two options, like, objectively. I don't know how what other option there would be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... You've, yeah, I guess you kind of get it. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know how much trouble I'm going to... Well, I can't get in any trouble, I don't think. But, like, let's be straight. 
Like the guy's mechanically dope. Like it's like it's not. I don't know whether they're physically doping. I mean, I'd like to think like if they were doping, I never got involved in that. Like ever, I never got involved in any way, shape, or form of that during my career. And if I did, like I did it unknowingly. You know, if the fucking nutritionist was sliding something in my beta aniline, you know, to put with my protein shakes, then you know, I've no idea, but. Like, I don't think there's any form of, like, juicing program, like, sourcing program going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the fucking team manic, mechanically dopes. That's for sure. How? Like, look at the bikes. Look at the bikes, the kit. Like, everything that they do, like, the kit is just, it's just ridiculous. Like, the amount of thousands and millions, like, not thousands, it is millions and millions. Like, like you realise when we used to have our team meetings, they laugh and joke about it. We have every athlete on on every athlete on the team go over to Man City Stadium to have a meeting. We sit around tables, we have dinner, and we talk about Olympic preparations. Those Olympic preparations get presented to us on a board in the office, you know, on this big projectile screen. And like the whole like you're there all day talking about it. And I shit you not, like all day is talking about how Velodrome are going to have this amazing, amazing setup, this amazing bike, this amazing kit that's going to cut through the wind. Like, simplicity of it is, why did they never get caught? Because it's in the biggest grey area you've ever seen that they can get around any rule. They've got full-time employed guys at British Cycling reading the rule books and thinking, how can we develop bikes that become in a very grey area? You know, and like at the very last five minutes of wow. the whole day, at the last five minutes of the whole day, they like just bring up a little BMX and they're like, oh yeah, you're going to get like a knockoff jersey that we've kind of kind of made from the similar materials that we're going to make the, the skin suit out of. And it's just like, okay, sweet, bullshit. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't, just doesn't work for us. But like those guys, yeah, totally do. Like they mechanic, like, Look at that bike that they've just released. You've probably all seen the photos of it. Like you can guarantee when they get to the Olympics, like that whole bike, the way it's designed, everything is like, it's insane. It's mind blowing. It's like to cut the wind and rather than like make the wind, you know, rather than make the reason like the forks are the shape that they are, something to do with like, rather than like when you think about pedaling your bike and the wind resistance, what is the biggest thing that, causes drag when you're cycling and it's like okay where your arms are tucked in when they're on the velodrome bikes like the arms are tucked in the bodies the heads tucked in everything it's like okay the legs are the bit the next biggest drag on the bike that's what blocks all the winds so it's like okay how do we get around that we can't create any more like we can't have better lycra than we've already got so they've created like they've moved the forks and made them like wider to then oh, like yeah. when the so then the wind like hits the forks and then all of a sudden passes the wind around the legs. So then no longer the legs become drag. You know, the legs are not dragged. It's like, it's stupidly insane the amount of depth that they go into. It's like, you know, like it's like if I'm being brutally honest, yeah. Like, yeah, they're mechanically dope. It's amazing. And like BMX get none of it. That's amazing. Wow. So they're just like, the so, program is so much more, word, like, is hugely like, advanced than obviously. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, hugely. Ever. Like, they, as I say, they sit around dining table. They sit around dining tables, laughing about it. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it. it's, like, it's so crazy like, how they can be so much better at the O show than any other race. Like, that's remarkable. 
Like they, they genuinely go to these meetings and like they, I've heard them say, you know, the rest of the world will forever be four to six years behind the technology <laughs> that we are on. Wow. Like they, they, they laugh about that. They're like, and I probably would throw out the, this Olympics is probably the closest, like probably the most nerve wracking that they've probably ever come to just out the fact of, you know, like they know how fast Holland are going, you know, especially in like the team sprint and stuff like that. Like, they know how fast the rest of the world is going, but they're still caught. Like they've done the calculations. They've done the testing. They know their equipment is like, and then even more so, like you think about those guys, like those guys that get on that start line, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm super strong. I'm super fast. Well, I'm going this time. I'm doing like, you know, I'm doing such a time. I'm doing such a time on a flying two or a standing quarter and all this and my standing laps this. But when I bolt my kit on, it's going to definitely give me like an extra second and a half faster like imagine the conference that's like putting a superman suit on imagine getting yeah. on the bmx start line imagine putting the bmx imagine getting on the bmx start line being like yeah i'm definitely going a second faster right now just because i've put all this kit what a like, feeling what like, a guaranteed. fucking feeling that would <sighs> like, be <laughs> like 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 what a feeling you know it's insane yeah, it's wow. insane and it's like like yeah, it's a shady place. It's a shady place. Yeah, good call, James. Mm. This is way better than the quick shot segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking but at I the bike like, now, though. It looks fucking wild. Like, how, yeah, yeah, how have other people not thought of this? It must just be so damn expensive to build. But just, it's crazy. Oh, Cash is king. Yeah, stupidly, like, exactly that. Cash is king. And like I said to you before, like, you look at, you know, you look at that stuff and, like, I mean, <laughs> I think I think I think like the I think the Olympic Committee or UCI tried to like you know they've tried to put things in place. This is what I mean. They've tried to put things in place to be like, oh yeah, you can't use any equipment that that can't be bought and has to be on sale to the general public for like six months before the Olympics. Like that bike was built, designed, and put online to buy. You can go on a website right now, James, and click purchase on that bike if you want to. But I guarantee it, you won't have it for the Olympics. Like hmm. that bike will be like. Somewhere, you know, it'll be like you'll probably wait two or three years for it. You That's can pay fucking awesome! Yeah, you know, shipping uh, expect uh, <laughs> two to three years. <laughs> At BritishCyclingBikes.org, yeah, free shipping, two to three year wait. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, let's just like let's just do a few quick shots because I want to hear what people have said, and then we'll we'll just wrap it up. But like, yeah. I'm sure like next time, rather than we'll just talk about it, rather than talking to the world about it, we'll talk about among ourselves and I'll, I'll tell you the deep, I'll tell you the deep, deep stories. Cause to yeah. be fair, Ma Marcus even messaged me when he saw you guys on the podcast. Like when we said, Oh, Carl's on the podcast and Marcus texted me saying, please be kind. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, so, so yeah, like that's, you know, that's, that's, the, I mean, I've not got a bad, really too much bad things to say about Marcus. He's on the whole, he's a solid, solid bloke and I've got mad respect and time for him. They're saying it'll cost about 15,000 pounds for that bike. Nice. There's one website. Nice. All right. Yeah, and that's, without the, that's, with, that's with like the wheels as well. Oh, probably. Yeah. It's probably just like the bare minimum frame. Yeah. Crazy. It's just adding to this right now because Kyle just is just sitting in a pitch black room. I feel like we're in a fucking spy movie right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Funny. I know. So I'm going to put the light on. Give me a second. Like, read. All right, Kyle, from Dirty Clap, name a first, second, third, and fourth straight from tracks around the world that would make the perfect BMX track. Uh, first straight. I feel like the first straight's got to be. 
quite like Paps. Yeah. Papadel first straight. That's a good one. I think Papa I think Papadel first straight. Um Chula Vista oh eight Beijing replica second straight with a big the big step. That's pretty bad that's pretty badass. Um third straight would have to be Oh Manchester gap line. Like the super tight techie gap line which like just had people absolutely freaking out like when they come <laughs> to hit that. But that was a super, super gnarly line. That used to get me every time. That third straight. And then last straight, I would potentially go Paris. Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, that's a good one, yeah. Yep. Um, from, from Big Q, uh, what are your top three? on the spot that's a hard one to think of on the spot maybe we should have told you that one beforehand top three what you guys cut out so it didn't top three what top three funniest or best moments with the Um, uh, the squad GB team Quillen that's not a quick shot (laughs) we should have asked that not not in the quick shots that's not a quick shot let let, let me have a little think and I'll come back to just like one good moment okay yeah think of think of one funny one yeah Um, yeah from Bogarts23, what was the main focus with your gates? That's a good one. Um, my main focus was always to try and be... I always had a routine, but it was to be as simple as possible. I tried to simplify it down to make it as... Lit, like I tried to move as little as possible. Like I, I, I quickly figured out, like the more me and Grant like, spoke about it, and then like I kind of found my own way with it, that and then like adapted it to my own kind of style and I figured that like it quickly came to me of like right okay everything has to move in one smooth motion and it's not really how much like certainly with the first pedal it's not how much power you can put out of like it's not how much power output you can put out your legs like your first movement and your momentum comes from your hip so like I I, I broke it down into like a, a point where it was like rather than thinking about having this super fast mint first pedal and then being in a hole for your second and third pedal and then trying to get yourself out the hole, like just let every pedal revolution build. So like a one, two, three, four, it gets like faster, faster, faster with every pedal stroke. And I figured out that like the more I used my hips to come through with, burn in mind that's like your biggest kind of your biggest part in your body, like your hips, which connected to your thigh and your, your core driving that forward, you know, that was like always my main focus. So how simple could I make, make a, a gate start while being, you know, while being at 110, like while being at 110%, you know, and, and that's how it kind of came to the style that it did, I guess, because it was like, right, okay, I knew if I moved at the same time and was really smooth on the gas and let the momentum from my hips come through, then like second, third, fourth would just fall into place. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's from Sitico BMX. Why the 70 millimeter stamina not a longer frame? <laughs> I don't even it's know if it's 70 mil. It's a 67 mil stem. But like the funny story about the 60 the 67 mil stem is, um, I used to when I was riding for pure, 
I used to ride on a 60 mil 11 stem and I had a 23 inch top tube already. And then we got that sick of paying the import every year on trying to get an 11 stem into the country that, um, and cause, because as well, I think because Pete Deluski like never give me a stem or set of forks cause he's shady. Um, <laughs> that was, that was that, like, that was super shady. Uh, I used to talk to that guy all the time and like, he never used to give me anything for free, but it's okay. It's cool. I'm past that. Yeah. We got sick of, uh, we got sick of it. So one time Richard Pure was like, yeah, let's just make, let's just make your own stem. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Let's do it. So we made our own stem, sent it off to the CNC machinist. I rode it for three or four months. And then it was only when somebody said, Ooh, that stem looks way bigger than a 60 mil stem that when we measured it, it was a 67 mil stem. And then it was like too late. I was already, I was already used to it. So we just carried on riding with it. You were in at that point. That's yeah, classic. Yeah. Um, from Haz Davis, does he have plans at racing pump track worlds? Ooh, that's 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 that that's telling, isn't it? Of course I do. Of course I have. like I work. I, I build pump tracks for a living nowadays. You know what I mean? It's like definitely. Like my plans currently is like for the minute I've said like because I did bust my knee up pretty bad as well. Like I like when I retired, I literally I did my ACL like this. Yeah, it's it's basically wrote off, you know, I've got like a, a lockage within my knee because of the meniscus and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely need surgery. So until I feel like I can return to racing for the minute or until I decide whether I'm going to have surgery or not, you know, racing for the minute, I was just like, you know what, I've retired. I'm just going to take a good six, 12 months break, have a real sit back and, you know, like kind of just recoup, get my headset, you know, ride my bike as much as I possibly can for fun, ride the trails, ride the skate parks, ride the pump tracks. But like really like long-term plan is, yeah, like I I will definitely be returning to BMX racing. You guys will definitely see me on the racing scene. But for the meantime, yeah, I'm going to be fast on the track. Like I'm going to be fast. Hey, got to be fast on the track. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to try that. You know, I'm going to race some pump track. I'm going to, try and race some four cross, maybe a bit of downhill if I get my head into gear and yeah, just, but like, again, just like I said earlier, just have a good, good time on my bike and enjoy and enjoy like, you know, meeting more people and new people and, and just enjoying life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Um, from Eli underscore Shaw, who was your toughest competitor through the years? And or it doesn't have to be who's just the fastest, but like who who had your number? Is there anybody that you felt that just had your number and you always tried to beat them and you couldn't? Um, not someone that could like always beat me and I couldn't, but someone that like we did have a lot of ding dongs with, and I think a lot of you are going to be probably surprised at this. And yeah, like Tor Navistad from Norway. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jen. Like genuine, genuine, like me and like, I, I cannot tell you the amount of times, like it got to like a rolling joke where like me, Seb and Tor, you know, every race we went to, whether it was World Cup, European round, me and Tor would always be in the same moto, same qualifying rounds constantly. So we, we would just ding dong 24 <laughs> seven and Tor was super, super fast, like super, super he fast. He is super quick. And, yeah. 
like super fast. I remember the kid coming to Manchester at the indoor as a junior rider and he did like a five four and was like, Oh my gosh, he's the fastest junior rider I've ever seen in the in like in the world. Like he's gonna win the world. And then obviously he blew up and didn't win the world and so I was gutted for him. But yeah, we just had like ding dong all the time. Like we would go to races, you know, and even it got to a point where Marcus and Seb, you know, when we was in like Saint Etienne and we'd go to races because we was in the races together, that Seb and Marcus would get to like the coach's area to film each other and they'd look at each other and they'd go, oh, he's going <laughs> to, like, you know, like, like they'd start putting bets on who's going to have it. Like Marcus would be like, Kev's got this one. And Seb would be like, mm, I don't think he has. Like, Tor's going to get this one. And then like Tor, like, and then like I'd snap Tor and then Marcus would be like, hey, or then like the yeah or, or the other way right but yeah like tall was kind of like my kryptonite like it was just because we raced each other so much it was kind of like every time we got on the gate it was like oh fucking again i've got to race this guy again you know <laughs> is so that why like, that's is that why seb asked uh, if you're going to be the new national team coach for them well i mean i mean i'm also <laughs> yeah like i mean I mean, Seb, Seb, Seb did, Seb did drop me a bit of a line to kind of say, oh, whatever, like, kind of, I think, I don't know whether he's fully joking or not, but yeah, like, in terms of that, for sure, I would be definitely willing to, to speak to Seb and, and, and see what we can arrange. And That's super cool. I'd love to be, like, because, because I've always said, I've always said, like, you know, in terms of coaching, a lot of people have said to me, oh, why are you not going into coaching? Why are you, why are you, why are you building pump tracks and skate parks? Why are you not going into coaching? And, and the honest answer is I don't really want to, I don't really want to coach. You know, I don't want to be turning up at a club night and coaching 30, 40 kids. You know, that's like, I, you know, like, I, I don't know. That's just never really been my style. Like I like, I like riding with the kids and helping them because I want to help them, not because, like in a way, I guess, like almost take the parents' money, you know, like, and, and I guess that sounds like such a weird way. I like it, I'm making that sound way weirder than it is because it's not, you know, it's, it's a perfectly fine thing to do. Like Trey does coaching, Quillen does coaching. They all do coaching, you know, they go to clubs, they do these coaching sessions and stuff. But, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing for me that stems off that, and I realized that no, this is not a quick shot question or a quick shot answer. You got to say you are yeah. you are fucking horrible at the quick shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was horrible last time. I'm horrible this time. At least I'm consistent. Uh, but, but yeah, like I look at it, and when I was, I think this stems back from my motocross days. When I raced motocross as a kid, my dad booked me on like loads of coaching coaching days with like loads of people, and I never learned anything didn't learn a single thing. I used to go away from the race, like away from the training sessions, not really learning too much. And I think that kind of got to me where it was like, I feel like people learn on one-to-one -one basis better. And I've always said like, I'd love to coach, but only in an elite coaching environment where I'd have like, you know, five athletes, which I could see on a daily basis and make super, super fast. So yeah, if Seb, if Seb's genuinely serious about me, taking over then hopefully you know hopefully you'll see me at a few more races in in the next few years and and obviously i'll be coaching some super fast dudes and y'all better watch out because my boys are coming and girls <laughs> all right i like it last couple kyle chipotle or in and out chipotle man all day that last time are you for are you for real they're both they they're both good but i would i would choose in and out Yep. Like if I'm, if I'm out, if I'm, if I'm on the go in SoCal and I'm just like, Oh, I need to need a lunch. I'm going to get some in and out. 
you boys, you boys may as well just stop podcasting because you're going to be so uncool right now. Chipotle, <laughs> Chipotle is my one. But life. like, I will after like if you're training and stuff, you just finished a big track session. Chipotle, but In and Out is That's very it. enjoyable. Chipotle is so 2012. It's so fucking it back is. then. It, it, it is. That shit it is. Come it on. Is. It is. had that. What are we fucking Chipotle's 20 years old? We, Kyle, wake up. I mean, we don't, but we don't get burrito. We don't really get burrito joints in, in, in the UK. There's like Chipotle's in, there. there's Chipotle's in London. There's one fucking Chipotle Dude, there's like, in London. There's a few. I feel like I've been to, the, I've been to, well, I've been to one, I know, but I think there's, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a couple. <laughs> you've been, you've been to the same one. But so yeah, at the test event in London, just, the last you, night, please. the last night, me and Jimmy Brown spent like two hours we, we came out of the subway and we didn't know there was one of five directions. It took us, we had to go all five directions before we found it. Anyway, two hours later, we got the Chipotle, long story short. Yeah, I was going to say, you've just been a different direction every time, so it feels like a different Chipotle. Yeah, pretty much. That's fine. Yeah. All right, good shit. Do you have more tea? I'm all good. Thanks for joining us, bro. It's good to chat to you again. I miss you. I know, I miss you too, boys. I miss you too. I mean, I think, I'm, are you boys going to Papandala World Champs? Yes, sir. Perhaps, perhaps it's in the talks at the moment. I am not sure if I, yeah, perhaps. I hope so. Let's, let's get okay. you. Yeah. I mean like, like, yeah, like let's, let's for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. So let's, uh, if you're going to be there, whether it's before the race. After, well, we'll I have mean, a burger at the, we'll have a burger at the dugout, Kyle. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a burger at the dugout and we will talk smack. And we'll just, and we'll sip, we'll sip coffees like fucking gentlemen on that patio. <laughs> oh yes yes we'll do that and we'll properly and we'll get we'll get into the deep stuff i'll tell you every little detail of yeah. what happened and we can and talk shit we can talk it. shit about how and we'd then, be so much faster than everyone if we were still racing <laughs> oh dude i'm totally gonna do that like soon, <laughs> soon, soon as i was, like like you I guys mean, suck I, 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 i'm gonna fit i'm gonna fit i'm gonna finish on this and like this is like this is why nick long is my absolute all-time favorite hero the captain is like he i don't think that any like only trey knows how much i fanboy on nick long he is my ultimate hero in bmx and that guy had me crying at the first world cup in Australia in like 2012 before COVID hit. Like literally, he just got a motor that day. I went out in the eighth. <laughs> the final was going on to the gate and literally the guy shouted up at the top of his voice, all right, guys, I'm fresh. Got a fresh set of legs over here if anyone wants to step up. And like, just <laughs> had me howling. Like, because he was just like, yeah, I'm going to smoke you. He's like, yeah, I'm fresh set of legs. I'll smoke you all right now. <laughs> and it like, just, and it sticks with me so much because like, even now when I go to the track and I see people, I think to myself, yeah, I'll smoke him. But I never say anything. And I just, I just think of Nick every time. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking awesome. I love that guy. It'll be, if, it'll be fun to watch the worlds as just a fan and just enjoy the racing. That'll be cool. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what I'm looking forward you to. Get to. Because again, I'm, I'm still a big, a big, still a big yeah. fan of the sport. And it's cool because like you get to enjoy the race weekend and like see your friends with just no stress. Like it's so honestly fun because you finally get to just fucking enjoy the weekend without just being a stress ball for three days in a row. <laughs> seriously yeah. like it's honestly really it's really cool like there's an hour to racing and you'll just be like eating a burger chatting no worries yeah 
yeah mega yeah, sounds it's good cool. to me yeah good to me and uh yeah thanks for having me on guys and uh, i'm sorry to the fans for not getting too juicy and just being absolute wasting their time for two and a half hours yeah that's what we waste but. we waste people's time all the time it's fine <laughs> <laughs> you are you literally got you you guys you guys have literally got a license to waste people's time 100 100 percent, we do so good all right buddy so great to Bro. chat to you yeah look forward speak to you soon boys see you buddy thanks kev appreciate it all the way you too boys all the best how did you put this shit down oh there you go there you go see you Yeah, well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>